Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. So I'm texting with her and I'm polite. And I disclose that I got the number because I'm a journalist. Someone gave me the number. And she said, this is my personal cell phone number. Oh. There's a huge difference between your work phone and your cell phone. Whatever. Have you ever used this number for work? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I I bet you have. (laughs) So that's the first thing. Um, But the second thing is, that's the last reply I got from her. I started following up. Happy to redirect this request. Tell me where to reach out to you because I got some questions. Nothing. The following day, in the morning, sorry to ping you here again, planning to publish something soon. Just had a few questions about the reporting. No response. The last text for me is this afternoon, which would have been this morning for me. What the fuck is wrong with her? (laughs) (laughs) Still still polite. The critical issue here is (laughs) I have a source that insists both Steve and Fred disclosed during your interview that Emma knew Fred was from another neighborhood because Fred said so just as their argument was beginning. Can you confirm? Question mark. And if this checks out, considering how materially this detail impacts the story. Why not include that disclosure from one or both men in the package you cut for air or the write-up that appears online? This seems like a substantial omission. To date, I still do not have a response from her about this. One suspects, suspects that this doesn't appear in the story because it is super inconvenient. We we, we know of new methods of attack. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle people that make it and occasionally ourselves. I almost forgot what I was getting ready to say for a minute there, but I won't forget this. I'm Camille Foster. I do various things at a place called Freethink and I do them in particular ways that are so sophisticated and refined. There's a great deal of strategy involved. And I, I just, I'm successful What's at he it. Talking? He's stoned again. Like, exactly. I don't know. He must be. I, I mean, um, like I'm the... joined. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm joined by a lot of remarkable people and I am delighted to be doing it today. This is going to be a stellar show. We don't really know what's going on, but no. we've been busy all week. Matt Welch, editor at Large Reason Magazine. He's wearing a, his Moynihan Taught Me t-shirt. Yes. It's nice yeah. to see you. Yes. Uh, Michael Moynihan of Vice News, who is the Moynihan referenced yeah. on the yes. T-shirt. The Asada of uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only difference between me and Asada is I never murdered anyone. Mm-hmm. That's the only I difference. can hear father figure playing yeah. in the background. It's mm. <laughs> very good. Yeah. And uh, of course, back for a second tour, Katie Herzog of the Girl. Blocked and Reported podcast is joining us on the fifth column for the second time. We've had both of the hosts of that fine podcast on our podcast. And you know how many hosts we've had on theirs? None. Yeah. Ooh. Because of racism. Ooh. That yeah. is yep. why. That is That's why. why we need to ban CRT. We are right anti-white. Away. Thank you guys so much for having me. <laughs> I, I, like, I feel so honored to come here and diversify your podcast because not only are you having a vagina haver on the show, you're yes. having an actual yes. Karen. Karen here to represent well, my people. Wonderful to have you, Karen. And person with a vagina, we are also happy to have you. Are like here lesbians too. default Karens? Is that the idea here? Or no, you, I'm just uh... personally a Karen. I'm a, <laughs> okay, right. I'm a rule enforcer. I don't personally like following the rules, but I do like enforcing them. Self described. <laughs> yeah. Karen and proud. Yeah, I have a lot of free time, <laughs> which is good. Wait, we had, we had Jesse on like a long time right. ago, right? 
Why? Oh, he was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think we took that one out of the archives, right? Yeah. We did not. It's like Louis C.K. at HBO. This shit just disappeared. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think yeah. we have it anymore. The 30 Rock Blackface episodes. He was yeah. memory Oh my God, them. that's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Haven't yeah, we, had, we, have we had him on twice, though? No, I think we had him on twice. He huh. might have been in the like in between zone when either one of you were kind of dropped. Oh my 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 lo- my lost my weekend. my May Pang period. <laughs> yeah, the lost weekend when I went to California with May Pang and was hanging out uh, at uh, what was it, the Troubadour? Troubadour, Harry Nelson, yeah. Harry Tampa on your head. Yeah, that's right. You can look mm. that stuff up, people. It's really important. So what's going on, Camille? We have been very busy. It's been an interesting week, and part of the reason Katie's here today is because she and I have been looking into this story that caught people's attention beginning on Sunday uh, about a young lady in Williamsburg. And I'm wondering about the best way to set this up because I would like to talk about it. And there are some, some revelations. Do you have some sound effects? I have some sound. You need some some audio, some barking, but, but I also, I I also figure we should talk about some (laughs) other things later in the podcast. And I'm not sure which ones we should talk about. I see the Coke network slammed the critical race theory bands. It's been somewhat incendiary, but what else are you guys interested in? I'm interested in the thing you're talking about at the top there, the the, the Karen stuff. I, I'm okay. primarily interested, by the way, that all the racism seems to be in like progressive enclaves. Well, it's always you know Williamsburg. in like the Upper West Side, uh, Williamsburg. Maybe yeah. I'm just going to throw this out there and then I want you guys to explain what happened because it's down the street from where I am. Um, maybe it's that people are just oversensitive in these parts of the world. And maybe they're just looking for it. I think that might be the true because when you have Nicole Hannah-Jones turning on you, it's a bad day for you. So Camille, Katie, tell the world who hopefully has no fucking idea what this is about because it's a great time suck of idiots and losers. Tell us uh, who these idiots and losers are this time around. Well, let me, let me do this. I'm going to play some audio from CBS2 here in New York who actually covered this story. And this, this to begin, this story did not go nearly as wide as the Amy Cooper story, despite the many parallels. And one can guess at the reasons why, but it did get some coverage and listen carefully to the audio. Now to a disturbing incident in Brooklyn. A woman is accused of a racially motivated verbal attack against a couple in a dog park. CBS 2's Thalia Perez has the video that's sparking outrage on social media and an exclusive interview with the couple. It's a story you'll only see on two. Stay in our hood. That's it. I'm sorry, what? Frederick Joseph was in disbelief, repeating the words he said were directed at him by a person in the park Saturday night. That woman, who we are not identifying or showing because she has not been officially identified, gave Joseph the finger and attempted to knock the phone out of his hand. She's like, you're not from around here. Go back to your hood. Stay in your hood. Stay in your hood. So I'm like, stay in my hood, right? Like, you're, you're being racist right now. She's like, I'm not being racist. Joseph says that part of the confrontation was not caught on camera. He says the woman was upset because she confused his dog with another dog that was barking loudly. And I try to explain, like, I think you have the wrong dog. And then she just starts, like, going, like, completely out of left field. You know, at that point, I'm like, look, what you're doing is deeply, deeply offensive, deeply racist, and I, and I want to get this on camera because I don't want there to be any misconceptions about what took place here. She was saying a lot of things, and that's when, um, like, finally, like, you guys need to take your dog out of here. 
You people shouldn't even be here. Steve Tracy was also at the park with his golden retriever and says he had just met Joseph and his fiance and they were all making small talk while the dogs ran around. He can also be seen at the end of the recording. You were right here, watch this entire thing. Did she just not stand here and tell us to stay in her hood? She did. Yeah, as those words were coming out and things started to unfold, it was pretty obvious to me like this is this is not okay. Joseph, an author who has written a book called The Black Friend on being a better white person, first posted the video to Twitter, where it picked up steam almost immediately, with some offering support and others quickly working to track down the woman they labeled as a Karen. When asked for her response to the dog park incident, she had this to say. No, thank you. No comment. The woman has reportedly lost her job over the incident. Derek Anderson, the CEO of Bevy, believed to be her employer, was swift to take action, offering an apology to the couple and then announcing on Twitter, quote, yesterday an employee engaged in behavior contrary to our values and has been terminated. I think that it's important that people know that there are consequences uh, for their actions. In Williamsburg, Thalia Perez, CBS 2 News. Heck of a job. That's a hot story, Camille. Wow. Thank you, wow. Thalia Perez. Um, more Lord. on Talia Perez in a moment, who I, I have not been able to talk to, but I have been reaching out to because I have questions. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the short version of this is at some point, Katie and I realized that we were both talking to people who had some relationship with the events that took place in the park. And we've developed some sources. <laughs> and those sources have told us things about what transpired that day that are a little less <laughs> compatible with that story than people might suspect. It's By the way, it's going to strike all of our listeners that you have insanely good uh, sources within dog parks in New York City. <laughs> Populated by Karen. You know yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, exactly. people, people have gifts, okay? Yeah. And this, Look, this is one of my it. gifts. Just embrace it. Um, Male Karen. Now, now we're doing, hotline. We're doing some laughing and, and there are things about this that are funny, but there are aspects of this that are not funny at all. And one of them is that a young lady who is in her early 20s found herself in the midst of a miserable scandal that ends with her getting shit canned by her job. Twitter mob is whipped into a frenzy by Frederick Joseph, who, Katie, I, I don't know if you're looking at his Twitter profile because I can't see it because he blocked you're me blocked. almost immediately when I made some... I think rather chill comments about this, suggesting that a 30 second video might not give you all the context you need to decide whether or not someone is worthy of the guillotine. I mean, he doesn't seem like a very chill guy, so. No, he has a history of creating content out of what he perceives as racial aggressions or microaggressions, maybe. For instance, like, I first saw this because you tweeted about it, Camille. But I recognize his name immediately because on my podcast, Locked On Reported, available not, wherever you get your podcast. Not Jesse's. Yeah, not Jesse's. Yeah, my yeah. sister Jesse. Uh, so <laughs> we did a story about him last year because he's got a, a big following. He wrote a book called Your Black Friend or something like that. Hates um, you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not a children's book. And, um, and I, I recognize his name because last year... He got an Airbnb, I think in upstate New York. And there was some like a kitschy Wiccan iconography in this house. And he complains to Airbnb he wanted to get a refund because he said that satanic iconography in this house was racist. Because something, something, 
Black people history of Satanism. I don't understand it at all. So he has a history of of sort of taking his interpersonal drama and turning it into content, particularly race-based content. He he took a picture of a white guy laying down in an airplane and there's like three empty seats and the white guy is laying down. And he says, there's no way a black man would get away with this. I know, Camille, I mean, I know you don't never, like never in the subway in New York. You don't yeah, like yeah, coach, but... I mean, well, yeah, literally, that's not true. <laughs> right. So this is this is the gentleman that we're dealing with here. Right. The caliber of human being. And, and he captures this video and he is baiting her to say something that she apparently had said a moment earlier, that they should go back to their hood. She should have said the, neighborhood. And the circumstance, neighborhood. And the circumstance is one where she's in McCarran Park, Moynihan in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this park is huge. It's enormous. Yeah. But it's kind of in the center of Williamsburg. As I understand it, it is a destination that people drive to on the weekends. It is very yeah, it busy. Is in the summer. Is it the one by the water? No, it's it's on the uh, the border of Williamsburg and Greenpoint. And if you know the greatest bar, it used to be the greatest bar called the Turkey's Nest, where they let you smoke past a smoking ban for about 10 years. Uh, that uh, It's right on the edge there. There's like tennis courts. It's very, very big in the summer. It's always packed. There's a public pool. But the dog park there is quite small. It's a, it's a little kind of uh, on the edge of, uh, of the park. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to point out that of the tweets, uh, Camille, a mutual friend of ours, pointed out that this guy had tweeted... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he was in Harlem and he's like, oh, there's all these white people in, in, in Harlem. I can't, I don't feel comfortable up here. And, and he, our mutual friend sent this uh, screenshot on. He said, it sounds like he's saying, go back to your hood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, that's a one-way thing. You can't do it. I just like, I like that a place called Harlem. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. bad that white people are at yeah. this place. It sounds a bit that Dutch to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, this is the guy who's kind of looking, looking for opportunities to get upset. But I was saying a moment ago that this park is a destination for people. And it is mm. regularly the case, according to the sources that I've spoken to who live near this park, and I imagine Moine can confirm this, that dog owners who find themselves in the park are encountering other dog owners who don't necessarily live in the area. Yeah. And on this particular weekend, while what we hear about this is, you know, white woman shows up, she says, why don't you stay in your own hood? The presumption of everyone online is that this is racist, either A, because why would you say hood to a black person? That's just racist. Or B, because she's assuming that this man isn't from Williamsburg. He's not from her neighborhood. That's not possible. Which, A, I, do you know anything about Williamsburg? <laughs> so there are black people in Williamsburg. But, but, yeah. but more than that, according to witnesses who were there, while in conversation with someone at the park, he explicitly says that he is not from the area. In fact, he had just come up from Dumbo. He lived in Long Island City. And it's at the moment that he, while in conversation with someone at the park, says, I lived in Long Island City, that this woman pipes up. First name is Emma. Last name, I don't need to say it. It's fine. She either says, why don't you go back to your fucking hood or why don't you go back to Long Island City? In the course of their argument, she actually says both of these things, which suggests that she not only knew that he wasn't from around there, she knew that he lived in Long Island City. And the reason that she was upset was because apparently his dog was being an asshole. So Camille, a quick interjection here, a question for you. Um, yeah. I, said, I haven't followed this very closely, uh, but I did see her uh, apology that she posted online. Yes. And the apology at one point has something that is, I found very bizarre. 
And she said, you know, she basically says, I'm sorry, I'm not a racist. I'm sorry that this happened, et cetera. I was, I was a high strung or whatever she does that day. But she does also say like, when I said your hood, I meant like another dog park. I just don't understand if this is the case. So why she mm -hmm. didn't say, I actually said, go back to Long Island city. Cause she told me that's where he, he was from. And hood is something that everybody uses. And mm -hmm. as I was talking to Camille the other day, there's a de difference between, between saying hood and the hood. Cause the yeah. hood is something right. And hood right. is just something that we use as like, it's our neighborhood. It's a, you know, it's a little shortened, right? And I don't understand though. I don't know if you've gotten in touch with her or anything, but I don't understand why she just didn't say that. I do get that mm -hmm. in the immediate aftermath of these frenzies that, that you say, and you do a lot of uh, things that probably six months from now she'll wish she hadn't. But it seems to me that you just you just say that's not what happened exactly. Actually, been making attempts to get in touch with her for the past day or so, but for understandable reasons, she's been rather hard to get a hold of. And I'll, I'll keep trying so that we can get some answers on that. But if I had to guess, Boynihan, having seen a couple of these situations before, generally you get some sort of a PR shop involved. Yeah. And a lot of these PR shops insist that you apologize and make some sort of statement right away. And the sensibility Preferably seems to be that you can't, you can't get out of this. So just say you're sorry, whether or not you did anything wrong. This, this um, I think that is terrible, terrible advice. Totally. This, like I've talked to people in this industry and this is the advice that PR people give when they're these sort of public shaming cancellation campaigns over and over again, just apologize. Like look at fucking Ralph Northam, you know, just like. It's a great yeah. example. Yeah. Don't say you're sorry and he actually maybe did something legitimately wrong but don't say you're fucking sorry <laughs> yeah no yeah. it's not a measure of whether or not wrong. uh uh northern is right or wrong it's just as as a strategy is concerned it doesn't if you work. don't say it it doesn't work it doesn't and the work. thing about it is that I, I mean i feel bad for people like this and i don't know camille if you said she's in her early 20s and and probably is somebody who's not paying a ton of attention to to things like this when they happen to other people. But if you're paying a, a tiny amount of attention, you'd realize that that they don't want your apology. The ap no. apology's yeah. never accepted no. and says, guys, no. lay off her. And, you know, that was, you know, that was the thing in like John Ronson's book had a pretty good theme of that uh, all the way through it. And, you know, in my uh, interaction, uh, interactions that were in that book is that I actually said that the first day. Because I said to somebody from the New York Observer, they called me and I was like, I didn't, wasn't expecting it. I just didn't, Twitter wasn't really working like that at the time. It was like 2014, 15. And the guy said to me, is like, you know, what do you think what's happening? And I was like, I just wish everyone would fucking cut it out. Like, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. And it's just, it's too much. It's I said the first day to General Yeah. yeah. And it's the first yeah. day. And like, and it's like, I don't know the guy to apologize. I mean, he didn't do anything to me. But in that context, if you apologize, it, it does not assuage mm -hmm. or appease anyone. Yeah. And it, as a matter of fact, it makes it makes usually people more rabid and more virulent. I would it, like well, to maybe, maybe I guilt. should move through this quickly just so I can get certain you, facts on the on the board so that we you can talk that, about it around before that. you do that, because you've introduced geography into this. And uh -huh. on one hand, has knowledge on the ground. Um, I'm not as experienced in Williamsburg and Long Island City as you are. Uh, my wife, weirdly enough, whose name is Emma, uh, <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, wasn't her. Uh, uh, I could see you're doing it though. Spends a lot of time over there. And, uh, but like, uh, Long Island city is not in Long Island. It doesn't, it doesn't create the same brain space as the phrase, the loaded phrase, the hood, where I grew up, the hood was kind of a ghetto long beach where, it's where Camille's from. 
was <laughs> absolutely not from the hood, uh, where it was a concentration of, of black people, poverty, and great basketball. That was the hood where I grew up, uh, yeah. the LBC. Um, Long Island great, City. Great D- DJ Khaled song called I mean, Welcome, Welcome to the, My Hood. It's incredible. It's all great. Um, but like Long Island City doesn't have, like, nobody calls Long Island City the hood unless I'm mistaken, especially compared to Williamsburg. AOC, AOC has... calls it the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, call, she calls Westchester the hood. Um, I'm from I mean, Bronxville. The, the bottom line is important here. Uh, the people yeah, who say, say hood are young, hood. are younger, okay. she are younger said people your imaginably. Right. But she's, still, a, but she's like, a young girl and, you know, she says, the, go back to your hood. She doesn't say she the hood. She says your hood. But if she knows he lives there, hood does not mean place where ghetto black people get yeah, no. there's listen there's, there's, no there's, no, there's no there's no possibility way. there's no possibility that she was saying that because she was invoking race in fact what we know about the argument that they had there that day and i'll, I'll just tick through the a couple of the things that we know that other people don't know and that haven't been covered in the press you're breaking and, news yeah yeah <laughs> that that fred decided he wasn't going to share in his twitter stream and, and i don't even know that we've said this explicitly Fred doesn't merely post the video. He posts the video and he directs his Twitter followers to find this woman. And then he Identifier. proceeds to direct, yeah. direct his Twitter followers to figure out where she works. And then he finds her employer, the CEO, and he tags him and they direct this person and the company to do something, to hold this woman accountable. And within a short order, the CEO is tweeting that he's spoken to Fred and we find out very soon thereafter, that she has been swiftly terminated. Now, granted, the the, <laughs> the company the the com- be like, you know what? She's fine. She was <laughs> yeah, okay. The, co- the tweet from the company is effectively, um, we disavow this behavior, and I, I think we'll come back to what else the CEO has posted because there's been some controversy about that. And I, I think it's worth taking a beat to contemplate how this thing looks from different people's vantage points, at least a little bit. But I think we've got the the, the sort of principal things here that other people again didn't know that. She knew where he was from. She knew it was Long Island City. She had explicitly said Long Island City to other points. There was a fight that ensued and it was over dogs in the park who were misbehaving. And it sounds like, and again, I've talked to multiple witnesses. I will say with a high degree of confidence that he doesn't have any witnesses that can contend with the accounts that we've been able to collect so far. It was in fact his dog that was misbehaving. There may have been another dog that was also misbehaving. But there wasn't a mistake. It was it was your dog, Stokely Carmichael. Um, and this is that's his dog's name. Um, Wait, are you serious? I'm very serious. That's yeah. his dog's name me. is Stokely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Why did you fucking bury this lead? <laughs> what is wrong with you? The case is still thrown out of court already. Yeah, the, case is, the case is solved. The case it's is solved. It's not even Stokely. The dog's name is Stokely Carmichael. It's the full <laughs> fucking name. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine walking down the street yelling that? Well, he may, well, yeah. he may no, the dog, dog may, the, dog, the dog may respond to Stokely. The dog may respond to Stokely, but the dog is literally named after Stokely Carmichael. Kid, this is another thing that was discussed puppies, at the like park. fucking Huey Newton, he may. Stokely, Fred Hampton. He, he may. Good he seems Lord. like the sort of person who would just leave those dogs at home while he left the house. Weirdly, but it's I, always these people that are super activists. I don't know how this yeah. keeps happening. It's just they're magnets for these racists. It just comes <laughs> to these people. Normal people don't interact. The only people what? who have dogs named Stokely Carmichael. The, the, the real wasn't, Lord. though, right? He wasn't. I mean, he seemed... Well, he didn't have a dog. 
He didn't have a dog too. It's That's dog people. He, his it's thing dog was people. feeding other people's dogs. Yeah, feeding exactly. strangers' dogs. This person yeah. is bringing your asshole dog to parks close to places yeah. but, where but you don't live. But he very quickly became an activist, though. Um, He's yeah. doing all sorts of speeches yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, not not at the moment. I mean, he won't talk to me. He's not really doing much publicly these days either. It's yeah. strange. He did a comic um, but, book about it. Probably got an HBO show. Yeah. He did. It's a pretty <laughs> bad comic book. I think he um, just but, won a MacArthur Genius Grant, actually. They are just giving those things out like candy. MacArthur super. Genius. What's better than genius? Genius, but candy. But I mean, in terms of the in terms of the like final beats of this story, um, the, there are two other things that I haven't mentioned. Within a day or so, things start to look a little more shady. And much to her credit, people like Nicole Hannah Jones are posting publicly about this. Nicole Hannah Jones of the New York Times, the brains behind the 1619 Project, the famous or notorious, depending on your perspective. She tweets. Uh, this didn't sit right with me in response to Frederick Joseph's um, tweet trumpeting the termination of Emma from her job at Bevy. She says, this didn't seem right with me, uh, does not seem like an ethical use of one's platform. And in this particular case, um, how many Twitter followers does Emma have even now? Not many. It may be like three or four hundred. Her Twitter is like, like insult is that there's like, it's 366. I I follow Emma. I follow her. Yeah. yeah. But it's like her, her statement. And then all of her tweets are like from 2013. They're like broken Instagram links. Like, and then you look at like the people she's following. It's, it's Kim, it's Kim and Khloe Kardashian and stuff. And by the way, Kim and Courtney, my daughter, if you go back to, if you have tweets that go back to 2013 and 14, and you're an actual racist, they're always like Asian jokes and like fat jokes. Everybody, right. like people involved in every yeah. story is like, oh, well, you have this tweet from 2013. Gay marriage still wasn't a Democratic Party thing in 2000. Right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's Barack exactly. Obama hadn't had his evolution yet. Yeah. 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 Joe Biden. Thank thank you, Joe Biden, for Katie Herzog being Oh, wow. whatever. Wow. <laughs> I, by the way, I just want to point out, if people are once, if you're listening to this for the first time, I want people to know that I'm actively campaigning to take that right away from Katie. Yeah. Thank you. And it's actually not <laughs> about you. Katie Marriage, it's specifically her. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Just, it's I, a narrow bit of legislation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rufo and I are just like a CRT ban. It's the same. It's so beautifully written. My wife will only stop Like fucking quit her job and be like a like a stay-at-home wife. We don't even have any children. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Monty. I, yeah. I do it. I have not signed a prenup, but madness. is it too late? Is it too late to do a prenup after I'm already? Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And uh, one one serious thing though, I just want to take credit away from Nicole Hannah Jones, but who said this doesn't sit right, and that's it. Nothing more. Uh, women's band life was being destroyed. She didn't come out and actually I do think it. There, there may have been a, there may have been a few tweets actually from her about this. I've only seen her condemn this gentleman's actions calling for her termination. I haven't seen her defend the girl. And look, I think most people who saw this video, um, again, it's just 30 seconds. It's weird. It's like poorly shot. It's shaky. Go back to your hood and you don't know anything else. Yeah. You don't know anything else. The, The intimation here is that she just says this out of nowhere, apropos of nothing. She also looks slightly inebriated. She just looks, she just And and she's defiant, which is another thing that the the sources I've talked to all mentioned. Specifically that she like was not backing down. (laughs) One one of them one of them said (laughs) one of them said one of them said explicitly, and I quote, like, how do you not know what's going to happen here? Haven't you seen these videos before? (laughs) 
Like this white woman is talking back to this black man and swatting at the phone that he's holding in his hand. Mm. Yeah, I had a literal nightmare about this situation the other day. I woke up in the middle of the night sweating at 2.30 in the morning because I had a nightmare that somebody fucking caught me on tape saying something slightly problematic. Slightly. What was, do you remember when it was? Was it Camille? Well, I mean, Katie, yeah. when you when you say the word nigga on, <laughs> on video, that is not yeah. slightly problematic. A lot of no, people I, are objecting to that. I don't have a problem with it. It's fine. This is probably we gotta, Camille's... Uh, Connie Chung with Newt Gingrich's mom moment. It just whispered in my ear. No one's listening. What about the 400 cameras? No, they're fucking pretend. They're made out of cardboard. It's fine. Stop. It's fine. They're not it's even on. Ignore the yeah. red light. I would just never tell us, Katie, never what you it. thought you said in your dream. No, I, I, you know, I, it didn't even register in my dream. It was too problematic. But I yeah. woke up sweating two thirty yeah. in the morning when slept on the I know, couch. You still, you, but I'm just going to tell you to feel better about this. You still can actually call Italians wops. It's totally <laughs> yep. fine. Yep. As somebody who yes. has a grandmother from Calabria, it's okay. That's, I, that's I'm giving the, you a license. Uh, that's what the Cardi B song is about, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sure is, Katie. It it's sure best to do that on Indigenous People's Day on October 11th. Oh um, dear God, yes. <laughs> you know, you know what I realized that I've left out of the of this account here. It's that Uh-oh. Talia Perez, who covered this story for CBS Two, that we that we listened to right there, yes. that we listened to, yeah. that we listened to. I mean, you'll notice in that particular story, there is no mention of the fact that during this argument over a dog, it was disclosed that Fred lived in Long Island City, and that Emma knew this that she explicitly said Long Island City. They cut that from the interview. Both people who were interviewed by her. Both Steve and Fred on camera, according to the source that we have, both people who were interviewed told her people about this. They made a determination to omit the exculpatory fact that Emma would have used the phrase hood, perhaps for the same reason she used Long Island City, because he really wasn't from the neighborhood. And I can't say that they did it for malicious reasons, but I've got reason to suspect it, and I'll tell you why. And according to, again, the sources that I spoke to, some of them had similar encounters with other interlopers who would come in with their dogs to McLaren Park. <laughs> they had similar like arguments. The immigrants. That's what they call you know, them. Immigrants. You know what it is. So it's, it's, it's very odd that this was missing. And I, I did, you know, again, I, I tracked down uh, Talia's phone number. And I sent her a text message and I just said, hey. This is the reporter. Yeah. This is the reporter. And I said, hey, any chance we could talk? about the piece that you produced. And initially she seemed to think that I was from like another local news organization and, you know, kind of friendly. And I said, no, 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 Camille Foster and sent her a link to my Twitter handle. And the response comes back and it's, oh, okay, how did you get this number? I mean, come As on. As a journalist, you never, at, that's how you know that she's yeah. a shitty local TV journalist. <laughs> how did you get my, that number? Yeah. Is somebody like who's a town official in like Nebraska says to you? It's like it was a strange question. It's so weird. Uh, That was the first answer. That was the first thing that came back to me. It's like if you're doing journalism, and it reminded me of that Police Squad episode where uh, Frank Drebin plays a he's uh, posing as a locksmith, and he get the guy catches him inside, and he says, "Who are you? And how did you get in here?" And he says, "I'm a locksmith." And I'm a locksmith. It's like, that's what this is. Like, I'm a journalist and I'm a journalist. That's what we fucking do. I mean, what a question. Like, really? I mean, look, it's the CBS affiliate. So it's not it's a real thing. And, and I, I, mean, I responded politely. That story. Well, this is true. Did, this is you true. You more reporting I, on this than anybody who has published on this story. <laughs> well, this this is true. But so did you. We're, we're both you, guilty of that. Yeah. And, and I don't think we're, <laughs> we're done yet. Um, <laughs> so I'm texting with her and I'm polite. And... I disclose that I 
got the number because I'm a journalist. Someone gave me the number and she said, this is my personal cell phone number. Oh, there's a huge difference between your yeah. work phone and your cell phone. Whatever. Yeah. Have you ever used this number for work? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I bet you have. <laughs> so that's the first thing. Um, but the second thing is that's the last reply I got from her. I started following mm. up. Happy to redirect this request. Tell me where to reach out to you because I got some questions. Nothing. The following day in the morning, sorry to ping you here again, just following up. At this point, she doesn't even know why I'm asking. Planning to publish something soon. Just had a few questions about details about the reporting. No response. So the last text for me is this afternoon, which would have been this morning like, for what me. What the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> still, still polite. The critical issue here number. is <laughs> I have a source that insists. The last one was a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have a source that insists both Steve and Fred disclosed during your interview that Emma knew Fred was from another neighborhood because Fred said so just as their argument was beginning. Can you confirm? Question mark. And if this checks out, considering how materially this detail impacts the story, why not include that disclosure from one or both men in the package you cut for air or the write-up that appears online? This seems like a substantial omission. To date, I still do not have a response from her about this. One suspects. Suspects that this doesn't appear in the story because it is super fucking inconvenient if the story is supposed to trumpet the hero, the beleaguered black man who happens to actually be someone with 100,000 Twitter followers who can apparently turn as a, a legion on an unsuspecting young woman and terminate her life, metaphorically speaking. It's just crazy. But even if she's not doing this deliberately, and there's a possibility that she's it, just It is totally possible. And yeah. it's like, or this the, or is the they narrative. were scared or they just wanted to be obedient, but whatever, then that talk even to if, me, like, say something. She, she could just think saying your hood is, is bad enough as it is. People can think that, that's fine. But the thing that you'll always know about this, and I've been seeking corrections in my life 300, 400, 500 times, and nobody is ever, ever ever willing to give them unless they're pinned to the wall yeah. and everyone is paying attention. Like, I mean, you notice like the stealth edits, the New York Times does. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. I mean, they yeah. very easy to append because they do it all the time. You know, this story initially said, you know, John and it was Joe. They'll do that, but they won't do it for something substantial. So nobody ever wants to admit to anything. And the second you say that, she's really going to go silent because nobody wants to admit to anything. I'm making a mistake. So Camille, you called them, right? Oh, I called as well. I left messages. I tried to call her at the office. It wasn't particularly successful there either. You are a Karen, my friend. You are a Karen. Like stalker. You know what? I'll never apologize yeah. for that because you were demanding journalists, to speak to the manager. Journalists journal have a Karen. responsibility. <laughs> yes. You have power. <laughs> You have authority and you ought to be accountable. And when someone is calling to ask questions about your reporting, reporting that has either helped to savage someone or you're joining the Twitter mob a little late after it's already savaged someone, essentially legitimizing this public lynching of an individual human being on the basis of barely any evidence. In fact, in this case, an incomplete evidentiary record that you are in part responsible for. I think it is unlikely that Emma will be able to, to get her job back. I don't know what the legal ramifications are for the employer. I have, at a minimum, a little bit of sympathy for the employer because it's not hard for me to imagine what happened to them. This thing pops off immediately. The call center for your company is completely inundated by angry people. Your Twitter is being completely inundated by angry people. You're getting hate mail almost immediately. 
fire this person, fire this person. What are you doing? Why are you taking salt? You have employees who are perhaps angry about this as well. You're trying to do a quick investigation to bring this to yeah. That's the problem. Ahead. That's the problem because I mean, I look, mean, they've they've got 200 odd employees. The, the, the leadership team is worried about the company. Can it survive a week of this? A day of this? I think it, so. The, the nature. But they may the not problem think so. Is the speed right? Because when people say, I don't know what you want to call it, cancel culture. Just use that because that's what people say. But there's yeah, no such it. thing as cancel cancel culture. It's all <laughs> it's, it's accountability, yeah. right? And right. the problem with this is even if this was accountability, even if this woman said horrible things, terrible things, not caught on video, but horrible things. And the important thing is that it's not caught on video is that the instantaneous nature of this is the problem. It's not the problem that, oh, she's getting what she deserves because she's getting what she, quote unquote, deserves within 45 minutes, within an mm -hmm. hour of this thing of, of her being exposed. So this unbelievably disingenuous well, close, argument close like that eight this is in not this a particular case. But, yeah, but it's one, the but same the, day, the company right? probably knew for let for fewer hours than that. Imagine yeah, and the same thing happens with uh, with uh, Amy the, Cooper is about Amy twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's the problem, guys. I mean, this is not the, the the issue is not that like oh, it's the accountability, and that's not like people just should be punished for this stuff. And of course, then I don't think people should be punished in either of these cases. But even if that were the case, it is the speed with which somebody loses their livelihood and there's no way of going back. You cannot go back once this happens because like you can't, like even if this guy were to say something and say, you know what, maybe I misunderstood it. Like obviously that's not going to happen. He's an arsonist and this is what he does. But if he did do that, the genie's out of the bottle. It's totally done. She's all over the internet as this person forever. The initial absurd claim gets 40,000 retweets and the correction mm -hmm. gets 10. Yeah. And that is the problem, whether or not the woman did something wrong. As our friend Kennedy says, you can't unfuck a cat. True, totally true. <laughs> yeah. Any way you think, any way you think about it. Yeah. yeah. That's always but been like, my experience. Yeah. I understand that they, uh, the company's in a hard position, and I also understand that I and you and Katie, who got up to take the stitches out of her face, even just while we we're talking right now, apparently, um, are grown ass adults. Yeah, it sucks to be suddenly the uh, target of everyone paying attention to you. But if you have a company of 200 people, even if you're not a, a super public facing company, you are facing the public enough, right? You, you should be able to take a deep breath and say, I'm bigger than this moment is right now. And I can wait maybe, I don't know, two days before I start immediately firing and sending off tweets. Mm -hmm. And being like this guy and that guy, and you just know, like take some time, especially since we've now had what, about five, six years of experience with kind of these online outrage viral situations, um, and have recognized some patterns, not just of what, how the world behaves, the mob behaves in this moment, but also individual like provocateur actors behave. That's right. Right. Like if you didn't know that Fred Joseph had been accusing people with like some Baphomet statues of Satanism <laughs> before you fired your employee that he accused of being a racist based on a 30 second uh, shaky cam video. Um, you might be the nicest guy in the world. You might be the most addled guy, sweetest guy in the world. I'm sorry you you did not put your big boy pants on that morning. Dude, <laughs> there was a Slayer record. There was a Slayer record in the house. What is wrong? Like you literally accused somebody of being a racist Satanist because there was a Kerry King 45 somewhere in the house. It's bizarre.
Jesse, my uh, much beleaguered co-host, uh-huh. found an interview from the New York Times with Frederick Joseph oh after his book came out. His book is called A Black Friend. Yes. Let me just read you a quote from this. Reception of the Black Friend has been warm but disheartening, Joseph says. We pitched various outlets to let me speak about the book, and people were like, well, we just had a Black eye on. We've maxed no one ever said that, but nobody said that's that. Not, that's not true. We've that's maxed true. our quota of Black for the that. next yeah. few months. But you've had 25 white guys. Today, he has revamped his next book proposal five times. This is a quote. Every single white editor said they couldn't figure out how to sell it, and it would be probably be better someplace else. But the writing is electric. No, so that's, he, oh, none of that's, none of that's so, true. And this, is after, this is after his book was a bestseller. So what he's saying after, is after. that... You've already won. Is that publishers, is that publishers saw a black dude with a bestseller and were like, no, we've had enough of your kind. Would never fucking no. happen. Yeah. No, it's truly, it's not a white guy. Yeah. It's you won the election and you're still questioning the results and yeah. the number of people that showed up. I mean, at your inauguration, yeah. it's like yeah. you won and you're still <laughs> yeah. complaining. It's like, and, then, and also it's just clearly not true. The people in book publishing aren't had, like this. <laughs> if he had, if this had happened, he would have posted about it at the fucking time. Yeah. There's Absolutely. no way that he Absolutely. heard this quote and didn't whip out his camera and say, wait, say that again? Say that again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. And this was in the New York Times. It, it's not merely that we've seen a bunch of these, Matt. Like, we've seen a bunch of these just go very badly, like, very quickly. It's not just my phenomenal, completely accurate and um, trustworthy, reliable, um, thorough reporting on the Amy Cooper situation. I mean, just gutsy, brave. Um, I Looking think somebody to called it, it heroic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should listen well, to this. You'll, MacArthur you'll see. You'll, you'll hear some of it. Well, apparently not. Not that. No, apparently not. You know, yeah. Yeah. not that bright. Yeah. But we've seen other cases. The kid, the kids, um, the MAGA kids who were supposedly harassing Native Americans, but it turned out the kid is having a drum beaten in his face. And his response to that is just to stand there and smile in a creepy kind of way. That. It's actually a kind of a good kid, I suppose. You pat him on the head and tell him, okay. He, well, he might have been before. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe before. Yeah. Maybe before. I don't know what he's doing now. I, all I know is in Running response to in response to yeah. doing that, he's someone told him he's going to punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the well, I'd say jail. he's moving up in the world. I'd say he's moving up in the world. Shout out, Gavin. He's roommates with David Hogg at Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> well, get, they'll get rid of all those guns soon enough. Yeah. I, I always say that journalism isn't so much about objectivity. This is my perspective and maybe not anyone else here. Um, but it is clarity. about showing showing your, no, <laughs> not that either. No, Katie. It is about showing your work, being fair and having some goddamn integrity. And to, to the extent I'm interested in these stories, the reason I'm interested in these stories isn't just because I cape for white women because I love mm. tap dance. It's- mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's because, it's because I think there's something genuinely <laughs> monstrous about the way that we respond to these circumstances where we have very little evidence and we, we don't seem to appreciate that we are joining a, a firing squad when we retweet and when we like, and when we even worse than that, do the reverse image search on behalf of Frederick here and help him savage this person. I mean, if you look in the thread, it's Mm. incredibly disheartening, these replies. At some point, someone finds details about her wedding, engagement, her dating um, life, former fiance, but I'm not sure. Talk about the restaurant that he owns. Someone says explicitly, look, if he's going to sleep with this, this kind of person, he must know who and what she is. But do you think, I mean, 
I, I sense more pushback. And this is possibly due to my own Twitter echo chamber, but I sense more, even Nicole Hannah-Jones pushing back on this. Then like the Amy Cooper thing, <laughs> like very few people were willing to stand up and say like, wait a second, let's pause on this. Even though we should all know that any decontextualized 30 second video after Covington, we should all know, like, don't ever, it doesn't matter what your fucking side is. Don't yeah. judge a 30 second video. It's just easy to take shit out of context. But I, I do sense more pushback on this. Like Nicole Hannah Jones is just one, one data point, but I think it's a significant one that possibly the tides are turning here. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that she was also the subject of a cancellation campaign, albeit a very different one, not an online one, but a <clears throat> objectively yeah. sort of more important one because it was like due to like state and, you know, state yeah. universities and, and funders and shit like that. And that does change you. Um, I talked about you, you have the power too when you're Nicole Hannah Jones for there to be no backlash if you if you yeah. defend somebody. There's a lot mm, of people she's, that she's gotten some backlash for some things from the left before, but but, but yeah. she's sort of bulletproof though. I mean, it's not going to yeah. affect her in the long run. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's no, some, no chance. Somebody her. who's like, you know, a, like a normal liberal young journalist that's uh, I don't know the Atlantic or the New Republic or something yeah. comes out and says mm -hmm. this is kind of bullshit. It's that's that's there's a lot of risk in that actually. Yeah, I think there is. Moynihan, I've always been curious to talk to you about your role in the Jonah Lehrer thing because I oh like I didn't realize that <laughs> I read. So you've been publicly shamed after I started listening to the podcast and met you. Yeah, and you didn't recognize that person in the book. <laughs> I, I I didn't. You were so no. much nicer in the book. Yeah, you were yeah, so yeah, much yeah, more yeah, sober yeah. in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. I developed a pretty serious drug problem after, after that John Lennon So stuff. you can yeah. blame John Ronson for that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, did, I made like $300 off that story. So it wasn't uh, yeah. like I was flush with cash buying and, heroin and cocaine. And this is, so. you know, this is pre-cancel culture and John Lear did shit that was obviously unethical. Mm. But if this story had happened now, I think we'd be talking about this in the cancellation context. Yeah, I mean, John's... Uh, you know, angle on that. And he said publicly a number of times that it was his favorite chapter in the book because it's kind of a complicated one. But the most, <laughs> yeah. no, but it's just like, it's not about me. It features it's just, you. No, 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 no it's, yeah. the story is interesting. And his angle on this was not about, um, it was just about the, 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 the mob and how the mob responded to him, particularly when At he the, then the apologized. Um, yeah. And, you know, what John didn't mention is I actually contributed something to that too because these live tweets were streaming across. And I just, tweeted something that he was lying in his apology uh, and his apology um, and, and oh. it just wasn't true but yeah. it's like it, that kind of mob it, to john struck him as as something new and something different and something kind of medieval and i think he's right about it and it, it was not in the same context as like cancellation now because that's all stuff that people didn't really deserve or yeah. if they deserve something the the it's totally disproportionate what ha actually happened. And Austin, they're not public yeah. figures to begin with. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. and, and he, had, he had yeah. multiple uh, chances to come back. I mean, he published another book, and I think it was Penguin that actually published it, but nobody bought it. It's, and that's, you know, you kind of let the market decide in that way. You know, mm -hmm. he didn't, I mean, he got fired from the New Yorker, and he had other things, and he was making a lot of money in speaking gigs and the rest of it. So he was essentially all that income dried up, but he got a second chance, which is kind of rare. 
And the second chance was like the book about love or something. Neurology. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that didn't sell any copies. And to be clear, Stevie Glass did too. Moynihan, uh, yeah. in, in public and also on this podcast, cheered on the second chance. 100%. I think that he deserved it. I think mm -hmm. that he suffered a lot. I don't think he suffered too much at the time. I think that what John wrote about was too much for me, actually. But, he, you know, just sort of broadly, I thought it was like, that was about right. You should be fired mm -hmm. for something like that. And you yeah. should not mm -hmm. be. Oh, absolutely. These, these like, you know, these incredible heights of journalism that he ascended to that, you know, should be for somebody else and not for, for somebody who cheats. But, right. you know, at, at a certain point, it's like, okay, the guy did this. And what, what really changed my mind about it was talking to somebody um, who knew Stephen Glass. There's a great film about Stephen Glass. We haven't seen it called Shattered Glass. Yeah. With Hayden Christensen as a playing. Yeah. Um, uh, Stephen Glass, uh, based on a Vanity Fair article about him, which has the great thing that they, they keep in the film where every time Stephen Glass was close to being exposed, he would say, are you mad at me? Oh Chuck, are you mad at me? Mm. Are you mad at me? He's like, this like a little tick. Um, but the Stephen <laughs> and, Glass and thing. Is, yeah. For people who don't, who maybe don't know who that is, he was a, he, he fabricated stories for yeah, the, a lot. Was yeah. the New Republic. He was the New Republic. Uh, or, yeah. 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 And he we, don't, somebody, we don't explain things here, Katie. We expect the listeners to be yeah, we have a bright high, enough to know. I mean, this is not blocked and reported. Or just I mean, Google it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jesse kidding? brings just a pretty Google low well, Jesse, he has the, Jesse has you know, the transphobes. Brain. The number of fucking times that Jesse says it's complicated per show. Just drink yeah. every time Jesse says yeah, it's yeah. complicated. He's always stealing my shit. That's the real list. problem with that podcast. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. It is, In it addition is, to the racism. It's usually not complicated. We were When we started the podcast, we were accused of stealing the concept by some show that has a similar name like the word is blocked in it it was like mm -hmm. we didn't steal this from you we stole this from the fifth <laughs> column that's right come on that's right yeah with i think our, I, with last time blessing. you're on i i said you're the uh keen peel to our Chappelle show we're, and we're, we're, we're happy with we that are. i can look keen peel's the, uh, a funny show you know? we're the, uh, you're gonna go the make vampire, get out the, the vampire diaries to your twilight or whatever yeah. <laughs> and i'm whatever going to africa first. for a very yeah. long time to finish the glass point he was he was uh he you know he he wrote another book he wrote a novel called the fabulist which was a little too close to the but he's still on this but then he he got out of journalism and and the most amazing thing and i think i mentioned on this podcast is that he they wouldn't allow him in the California bar. Yeah. In California is the lowest fucking thing. That is like Robert Kardashian. <laughs> and you know, I mean this is like whoa, come whoa, on. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Yeah. He was whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. Okay. Hey. What yeah. I mean give him credit for hiding OJ's clothes, but I mean that that's not a legal thing. Hey. It's just like a friend. Wait, hey. He's a friend. And and this is not because he was committed he was convicted of fraud for fabricating yeah. stories. This was just because of his like fucked up reputation among Yes. Yeah, yeah. What? We don't want that we is... don't want him to be a lawyer because oh that would God. really bring down the reputation of lawyers in LA. That and is that's just up. like, are you going to fucking punish this guy forever? Yeah. Honestly, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's yeah. way too much. Do you know how old he was when he, when he, he was did this? He was in his 20s. Yeah, he yeah. was in his 20s. And, he, and he was writing yeah. for literally everybody. And, and yeah, I mean, he was huge. Well, he got okay. really big, yeah. But then some people, okay, uh, you I guys loved his know stuff who, uh, um, fuck, what is his name? Ryan Broderick is? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah. Ryan Broderick, he wrote for BuzzFeed. He was, mm -hmm. he was busted plagiarizing like like over a dozen articles and he now has a substack he got fired from buzzfeed he now has a substack and he's in this little conglomerate with the like uh like charlie warzel and like those people the sort of like misinformation beat people mm -hmm. 
Taylor Lorenz, those people, they have a like little discord together and they all share funding. And he was busted for plagiarizing 13 articles. And yeah. it has apparently no bearing on his like reputation among media people because they're all friends. It's, it's very, very strange. And I've tried yeah. for years to figure this out because um, Jill Abramson plagiarized and yes. I exposed that and she was not fired from Harvard. That was a great, um, uh, was, that was a great episode. I remember yeah. listening to that as an early, uh, oh, early my God. column. Uh, We're still fan. waiting on you to come on the podcast. Jill, you said well, you would come. She said you would when you I said talked you would to come. her. She said liar. you would come. She's um, hanging out. Weirdly, she's uh, a liar, but nothing really <laughs> happened to her because she's friends with her everybody. And the, her and the Joy Reid, uh, Throuble with Camille. Yeah, Joy, yeah, but you know, she was. I mean, Joy, the Joy thing about is, Jill Abramson was not hacked like Joy Reid. Yeah. Joy Reid was just. <laughs> what, what is, That's right. She was like a cozy bear, or like the original <laughs> iteration of like Fozzie Bear. Oh the my FSB god! was like, we must get the Joy Reid. She's we make our home affair. We <laughs> okay. found backdoor into blogspot.com. It was like 2007, dude. Yeah, it was. Not even like, it was like the fucking internet wow. archive. She said that yeah. she that she got that her internet 2007, archive. She was. Well, the they had internet archive makes sense. That's actually more more convincing. It's I can't believe that. 21st century shit. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. They hacked yeah. the internet Laura. archive. And I have hired detectives, internet detectives, to figure out what happened. Dude, you know, she, the funny thing is she found, she hired somebody who had just given up looking for the real killer of Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to find it. And, you know, it just disappeared. I don't know what this guy's well, doing. Didn't give, they didn't give up. Okay, they so, still look up. Okay, so Joy yeah. Reid does that bullshit. Ryan Broderick, well, he did get fired, but there are, there are like edge cases where people survive. Mike Barnacle uh, yes. survives. Johan Hari, yes. who we talked about. Johan Hari. Yes. Patreon. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. He, he, with Johan Hari, he actually had to go into the wilderness for a little bit. There was at least some kind of it was humility like, that he had to go. I solid 10 months. So much, so much yeah. Long. I mean, and he's, he's writing books. He's not doing much, I think, like. But magazine, newspaper journalism is what yeah. he's doing before. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a three-column-a-week uh, thing with the independent back, yeah. back yeah. in the day, but, like, he's still gainfully employed, for sure. And he yeah. was, by the way, he was a, a unbelievable liar in the sense that no, there are so many things that he wrote are clearly made up that nobody's ever commented on because it's just, like, too much at a certain point. Really? And uh, I, Yeah, there was one. What he's, yeah. my fr- he's my I, friend, I added man. one of them. You were, he's your you friend? Were, well, You're we're a friend like, with a, a plagiarist. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, okay. we're and, a, and a fabulist. I yeah. mean, I did I did read his Wikipedia page, but we're uh, we're uh, we're email friends. Yes, we email I, look, each other. I, this yeah. is the thing about people like this. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy, and I'm totally willing to believe that he realized the errors of his ways. And but you know, I mean, there was a piece that he wrote right after 9/11. He was, by the way, a big Iraq war hawk, and then uh, turned around on that and became the exact opposite. I was with him once in London where he wanted to go with me to taunt anti-war protesters in London, it, you know, a la... So you imag- wanted to go? And he wanted to no, go with I you. didn't. No, idea. I didn't. I didn't. It was, was your like, idea. Hey, let's, let's, let's go fuck with these <laughs> he, anti-war protesters. So your protesters. problem is that he wanted I, to tag along. Yeah, no. No, yeah. Matt's problem was he wanted to, Matt wanted to go protest a gay bar, which <laughs> well, I thought was so weird at the time. I mean, but whatever. But in retrospect, it, it works out. No, but like uh, his... His, uh, I, I published one of his fabulisms and I, oh. the, it, it is one of the biggest regrets of my life and I will never forgive that motherfucker. And you uh, can tell uh, yeah. There's one piece that I'm <laughs> sure is fake and it's, um, a piece that he wrote not long after 9-11. He said he was going to this investigative reporting at the Finsbury Mosque, which is where Abu Hamza, the hook-handed, um, uh, cleric 
uh, who's now in prison, uh, was, was the, uh, the main preacher. And so he, you know, sort of infiltrated as this like doughy white guy somehow infiltrated. And then he says another part of this piece where he goes to a neo-Nazi, um, you know, Holocaust denial conference or something like that. And he claims in the piece that he sleeps with a man from Finsbury Mosque and from the Holocaust. And that's, isn't that amazing that both of these places, they're all like closet cases and they're not actually, if you talk to them, they're actually all, you know, very different than what they, and I was like, there's no way that that's true. I mean, there's, have you been on Grindr? Yes. Yes. I was on before <laughs> yes, I yeah. came here. And then I was like, oh, Katie's coming on. I can't, I can't, can't go to the ramble. I'm, the I'm, ramble. I'm, yeah. It was Matt, my dog in the ramble. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, am I allowed to tell this story? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You didn't even tell me it is, but yes. Matt, th did we ever talk about, oh, maybe we did talk about it on the podcast when Emmanuel, like, asked me if I would um, pose for photos for uh, a sting operation she was conducting. Yeah, this is probably like... I can't this, talk about this. This is yeah. like, uh, got this it. is Never Fly Coach level, I think. Yeah. Matt. She was like, we need more. No, we need more of the shaft. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. I mean, more shaft. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't remember anything after that. I just took the blue pills. That's what <laughs> she said. Take the blue pills. Matt, at some point, <laughs> yes. I need to have a conversation with you about your wife. She sounds like the most fucking interesting person yeah, way more interesting, interesting than anybody in this room oh yeah. so yeah. much more interesting yeah. than that. a lot more yes. yeah um, she drug camille right. i mean she's like <laughs> the french bill cosby i mean she almost well, got the dick pic from yeah. camille like yeah. did quite work she was no almost yeah. about it afterwards weirdly, she had a whole bunch of them i don't remember but weirdly never <laughs> asked Moynihan. she's known him for longer i don't well, know i mean I, she, she had I, to use the I, she had to use that pano mode yeah. to make it work but it did work it it's all in the shot you, you could do the grand canyon oh, God. Handle Camille. Uh, yeah. i hear you yeah. unsubscribing i can only do this i can only do this because we're ha we have to cut this part don't we nah I'm good. It's fine. I love the fact that it's Matt's stomach now. It's fine. Shh, 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 shh. Stop. No, we have to cut this. This is very odd. I was, I was actually, I was a little reluctant to do this because we're kind of doing this weird thing where we like kind of open the, the, the journalist notebook and give you a sensibility about all of the weird stuff that we're doing behind the scenes, the people we're talking to, the, the not quite revelations, but the pieces of complicating fact that have been systematically ignored. This this uh, deliberate, determined in curiosity on the part of journalists, on the part of certainly, well, it's not determined in curiosity on the part of Frederick. Frederick is just lying. Frederick is misrepresenting the truth and knows full well but to be that clear, this the, wasn't the, about racism. The New York Times uh, didn't uh, cover this, right? I mean, I no. think the Post did something. So it's been, it's been ignored the Post has written about this. Written yeah. about it in a, like a dishonest way. Just, mostly people have ignored it, right? Mostly, mostly well, ignored it. Mostly not done any digging into the story, though, as well. I, I, like, I they're not how interested much that in has the details. To do with with Amy Cooper aftermath fatigue. I mean, Camille, maybe this would be too flattering to say, like, well, maybe people listen to your piece and we're like, oh, shit's <laughs> shocking. Shit's more complicated <laughs> than I think. That's, I think it's fair to believe that well, that maybe. is the it's reason. Probably not. It's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's no, that's not what it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably too similar. I think it's probably yeah. too similar to the Amy Cooper thing, yeah. but it might also be the fact that there's something gross about the way that this played out. 
it's gross to to gin up a mob and to send it after someone in this and way. Also and it could be video. that people had their stomach turned by and, it. And also celebrate. Yeah. And he celebrated yeah. after she was fired. Like, Don't yeah, get we got the yeah. accountability. He, he, yeah. yeah, he kind of, I mean, and it was one of those things where he's like seated, seated and he's talking, you know, giving this direct address to the camera and saying, you know, it's unfortunate this had to happen, but it's important for he there to be accountability for black like people. Two years yeah. ago. This never, this never happens for us. <laughs> the end zone um, dance I'm, studio. I will say <laughs> one one last thing, just kind of being Thank being kind here, because I do think- It could be last. I, I no about this it'll it be the last. I'm, I got a lot of other things to say, and I will say them. And you can't stop me, white people. Yeah. You never stop me. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, oh, a, a Karen can stop you. Yeah, a Karen well, can stop anybody. Yeah. No, I don't believe in Karens. <laughs> see, um, I'm I am the Karen. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have a little bit of sympathy for again the employers here who find themselves trapped in this situation because many of them have not prepared for what in the modern era, even as perhaps race-related controversies start to fade in significance and other controversies take their place. Like the, the internet mob is a thing and every employer ought to be prepared for this and have some sort of strategy for it. And Moynihan, I think, correctly underscored the need for like there to be some sort of grace period. We should probably formalize this. Employers should have it built into their policy. We do not make snap decisions for any employees. We don't talk about this in the immediate aftermath. We take 14 days or, or 90 or whatever it is we investigate it, then we make a determination. That's the only statement you make publicly. Let this thing blow over. Um, but there I mean, was a codified everything else, like every yeah, other human really. interaction. Yeah. So why yeah. not? So four hundred one k dental benefits, and oh yeah, mm -hmm. you get a you get a cool down period. Yeah. Like yeah. that is a part of the thing. It's yeah. part of our package. It's part of our commitment to every person that we bring on to the team. We, Even we after respect you enough to hire you. We're going to take the time to to investigate this. You might get your ass fired in 14 days or seven days once we get to the bottom of this. Or we may say, no, there's nothing to see here. And here's the report, um, provided it's not about, you know, physical violence or, or sexual assault or something like so that. So even but, after Katie does the Klan hood blackface. Again. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, we need to look into it. I'm there not, could be I, a lot look, of explanations. Maybe she's a s'more. I am the you head. Don't know. I'm the head of HR at my uh, at my company, <laughs> so it's it's fine. But yeah. I, I, do, I mean, which is also a very helpful. good head of HR, considering the only other employee is like a open transphobe, <laughs> but <laughs> stated <laughs> transphobe. Yeah. But I do that. Says I listen to the look, podcast. And I have like, one more revelation. Like trans people, I'm like, dude, chill. I'm just. I was trying to diversify. I found a Jew. He's good with contract negotiations. The CEO had one had one tweet in particular that I've, I got had a few people like text me and, or DM me and was like, oh, my God, can you believe this tweet that he put up? And the tweet was after the termination was announced online. It's do what is right. Let the consequences follow. And one could read that as this is a monster kind of standing astride the body of this young girl who they've just fired. They purged the racist. And, and, and I don't care if if conservative idiots online are mad about that and they they like racism. But this is a guy who went to BYU and that phrase is actually part of a song that Mormon kids sing. And it's entirely possible for me to imagine a circumstance where he doesn't tweet that thinking to himself, I'm going to be the bad guy here and I'm going to beat my chest because I've done the right thing and got rid of the racist. Maybe he's just taking a moment to kind of like reassure himself that he's made the right decision because it was actually a hard day. It's certainly the case that the companies need to be resilient, but the expectation is a public expectation that needs to change where we're, we're not satisfied with no evidence being the basis for, for these moral panics, for lack he's of a better phrase. He's a grown ass man and he panicked.
He I'm just saying he had a choice. I, I've got a little I, sympathy for everybody. I'm it. just saying I get Watch. it. And that's fine. But he's also a grown ass man. And part of the responsibility of being an adult yeah. um, is to actually make the right decision or make no decision if it's going too fast in the moment. Yeah. And I get why people were upset. I mean, I maybe maybe that's a nice verse of a Mormon song. Maybe we didn't hear the first verse, which is like, oh, but if there's an online mob, I'm going to totally fire somebody in four hours. Right? I'm, like, I'm just I saying. That we, it's hard. We have it's some super, friends in common. I, I at least have had them tell me he's a good guy. And, it's hard. And my but thing is, I, I think, I think most people, people here are good people. You I, know? I, I understand that. And I think that's absolutely worth um, uh, putting up uh, uh, as, as, as high as possible because everybody's putting everybody else in an untenable situation. Yeah. And putting them under pressure that most people haven't faced in that in that light, and we should work to alleviate that pressure. But we, yeah. as part of that, we shouldn't necessarily apologize for people who make the bad decision in in uh, a moment of panic. Well, and we've we... all we've all made bad decisions in mo a moment of panic too. But let's do it in such a way that doesn't uh, hurt someone's livelihood unnecessarily. This the the whole idea that our bosses should be the people adjudicating our behavior outside of work is deeply fucking weird and troubling. Like, yes. mm -hmm. I don't think that that bosses should give people drug tests unless you're maybe a fucking surgeon or something like that. Maybe even then, maybe a pilot. I don't know. Um, she says but, with maybe, a gash maybe, on her maybe. cheek. Denzel yeah. landed that plane yes. in flight. He that was drinking, mm -hmm. that is true. but he did that is true. it. That is he true. saved lives. Sully Sullenberger was on heroin. I bet yeah. you know that. Uh, yeah, okay, so. <laughs> so he landed drunk. the plane. I was true, drunk. True story. <laughs> so maybe not, maybe just podcast. I don't know if that's true. I just. Uh, but I just this idea that, that like, might our, not like, be true. like Frederick Joseph <laughs> immediately complains to the boss. Like he doesn't go to her boyfriend. He doesn't go to her yeah. fucking mom. He goes to the boss because bosses have this power over us where they can, they can regulate what we're saying outside of work. And I think that is fundamentally very, very fucking wrong. Mm. And it gets and complicated when you have cases like you remember the, the <laughs> like the Tucker Carlson uh, like head writer who is like saying racist shit on Reddit or whatever. Like it comes back and it haunts the brand, and then and then the and then it affects the brand, and you're obligated to do this this like ritual fire. Not sure how much that affected Tucker's brand, but no, actually, you're right, <laughs> to be honest, right. um, but he still. I mean, they still fired this kid, which yeah, tells you something. Yeah. Is it different if this person is a journalist, though? Because I, I don't feel like I'm bad for pursuing the CBS two people and for wanting to call the editor in chief, and I, quite frankly, for airing their dirty laundry here. And no, it's, it's a no, story. no. There's, and, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm also remembering like, and I don't know if I should say this, like Pope hat who unfollowed me, not even unfollowed he me, blocked, he blocked me, me, me too. blocked me on Twitter he is sensitive. Um, because he said, he said, I'm a, and the reason, cause we had some correspondence afterwards. The reason is because he said, I'm a snitch. I was like, I was talking about a journalist who was doing a <clears throat> shitty a job and I was suggesting that, and I like added the employer, the publication that they work for saying this person is doing a, a shitty job and falling short, short of your editorial standards that seems like a problem that you should square. Either change your standards or do something about this person. 
who's out here making yeah. so up shit. So it was, it was the process snitchy. of tagging. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, it's not, no, it's not snitching at all. Like everything, tagging. everything that you do on Twitter is then snitching because yeah, it's, it's like, no, I mean, it's open. Anyone can see it. Everyone's the policy talking says, if you're a journalist, the policy you're says talking that, in public. Yes. And, but the policy explicitly says that the social media activity of our journalist is part of your work output. You're talking about Taylor, aren't you? I, you know what? I wasn't even going to say it, but I did. <laughs> But I didn't say it. You did. But I mean, the, the policy at, of the times, like he I actually called still you a snitch. That. Well, he didn't. How say old is it. he? He didn't say like, that. Really? I, he didn't what use did he those say? words. He I, said I it's have to go back been... and find the email. Here's but the thing. it was if like you... you're a bad, you're a bad person who does those bad things, if and you, I don't really you... want to be around those people. If you don't tag the employer, you just call someone out for their shitty work or their bad behavior. But you don't tag the employer, you also get the moral high ground of not being the person who tags the employer. So I always recommend that. Not tagging the employer. By not tagging, because then you can say. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. With journalists, I don't, I have a diff, I have a different standard. There should like be, pretty, there should be very, very <laughs> low standards for journalists. Yeah. Well, well, high standards because we have such low standards, if that makes exactly, sense. Exactly. I don't know. Let's I talk about in, another, uh, another media outfit. Blocked me, um, which oh, who hasn't blocked you? Pope Wait. Pope really hasn't blocked though. you? Yeah. No. Oh no! See, that's what I'm saying. It's a bad. I'm gonna start yeah. fucking snitching. I'm gonna put snitching. that put that in my bio, just like <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump. Donald Trump has blocked me. Yeah. Um, we should that's talk about favorite. Ozzy and, yeah. and and Carlos Watson because this is incredible and totally not surprising. Yeah. When, can you can you give us some context for this? <laughs> because you had some things. I some things something to say about Well, it it's funny because um, the first the first uh, my interaction with this was you guys actually have a deeper interaction with him, where I saw a ad. For for his uh, show, uh, which is apparently a fake ad kind of on, on buses <laughs> all over the city. And that's a lot of money to put into a bus ad on the MTA buses in New York City. And it was for his show. And it's like the, it's like, uh, the first uh, talk show uh, on Amazon Prime. It looks like an Amazon ad. I thought it was an Amazon ad. And apparently, according to Ben Smith's article about Ozzy, uh, it is not. But there's a picture of Carlos Watson, and it is from far away. It looks exactly like an Obama picture. There's a very famous Obama picture where he's doing this thing with his hands over his face. It looks exactly the same. But you get and it says like the most diverse lineup. And I think I sent a picture of it to you guys, and I'm like, what, what the fuck is this? Anybody heard of this? Camille thought you were racist. Yeah, I, no one resp <laughs> no one responded to me. Yeah. And then Pope had blocked me. Weirdly, yeah. like, this is um, snitch. Um, uh, you're gonna get some stitches. Um, yeah. But so so I me. saw that the other day, and then so then this Ben Smith thing comes out, and essentially what it is is about this uh, media organization Aussie, who everybody O Z Y yeah O Z Y I guess that's how you pronounce it. Um, that everybody in media that I know and everybody in journalism has, as somebody says in the piece, I've never come across one of their articles organically, which is true. I just have never seen their stuff. I don't know anything we about them. We just all try frantically to unsubscribe from their emails. Yeah, so that's, yeah. I thought it was like some spam kind of farm. And then the thing that changed for me was, uh, I was like, well, what is this? I was in LA and I was in the hotel room and I had MSNBC on because it's the only time I watch cable news. And uh, Caddy K was on uh, from the BBC, the blonde uh, BBC America oh, yeah. correspondent. Um, and her Chiron said Aussie media or Aussie whatever.com. And I was like, oh man, they must have paid her a fortune to pull her away from the BBC for this. And because I never heard of this thing. So Ben Smith does his piece basically saying the whole thing is an elaborate scam. Um, <laughs> that they are just been r raising money. And there's a hilarious moment in which the COO 
uh, calls into a meeting pretending to be the boss of YouTube. And this meeting is with Goldman Sachs to get, you know, which somebody pointed out is actually probably a federal crime. Um, in the commissioning of, you know, getting money, you say you're, uh-huh. you're, you're, you're masquerading Definitely a federal crime. Well, definitely a crime, whether or not it's But federal. they noticed it, obviously. Yeah. Because the guy was like, I'm Mr. YouTube. I don't know if it, I don't know what he said. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he's bad like, Albert YouTube? Yeah, he was like, what are you doing? I like YouTube. All the streams and the clicks. And everyone's like, this is fucking weird. So, um, oh, God, actually, I thought Kool-Aid Man first. Yeah, but yeah that's what I was, that was not, that was definitely not a fat Albert. Like, yeah, you can't do that. Because that would be racist I can't believe I'm doing the YouTubes. This is not, I can't do that. Um, that's a fat Albert. Uh, I never even tried that until now. But, <laughs> I'm going back so I'm pretty deep there. I think I was trying to do Mushmouth and it came out Fat Albert. But so he does this thing and he gets caught, right? And their response to Ben Smith, who's like kind of a big deal. And this is on top of all these other kind of smoke and mirrors things and this kind of fraud that they're, they're uh, responsible for. And so it, their, their response is like, he had a mental health crisis. Why are you shaming him? It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, like everybody who does shit like this is kind of insane. And you guys are insane. Like that's the craziest excuse. And sorry to use the word crazy in a pejorative way. I apologize to the guy who's obviously having a mental health crisis. But the crazy thing about it was, say, so use it again, uh, is that he, they like sent this thing out to Ben Smith. Never like totally earnestly. Like you know, it was just a moment. And, and he's dealing with it. And he's getting the help that he needs. Yes, and it's you. like, no, you fire the motherfucker. He's literally you're literally abusing that and saying he has a he's like depressed or whatever. I'm depressed. I don't pretend to be fucking fat Albert except for. <laughs> On this podcast. <laughs> and so all of this happens, right? I read this piece. And then um, I, I try, I was like, holy fuck, that's the guy that I took the picture of the ad for. That was, was on the bus. So I found it in my deleted photos next to some really gross stuff. And then I, I, I put it back <laughs> and uh, recover. And I zoomed in on it. And there's a quote. And it says, um, oh no, it was no shit. It was the, it was the, it was the supplement. It was a supplement. Cause it's, I think it's on the, the, maybe on the bus too, but they published and, and Ben Smith mentions this, this really crazy glossy supplement that came with the Sunday times. And I remember getting it and I was like, what the fuck it looks like in a magazine? And it has interviews with all of these people like Malcolm Gladwell. It's like all these big name people. And so I'm looking through it. It's, they did a pretty good job with it, but there's a picture of that dude on the front, Carlos, uh, Watson. slim Carlos or whatever, Watson. Carlos Watson. And he, yeah. it says like, Jamaican, um, by the way. It, yeah. I mean, a proud, <laughs> proud moment for you guys. And it says best interview on television. <laughs> and it's like, it literally says best interview on television. And then it's attributed to, um, uh, deadline. Right? Most most diverse show, and, and I was like, literally, that's literally nobody said that. That cannot possibly be true. So I looked. Did it he up do his own interview? Was it was it Carlos Watson? No, by Carlos. Watson? It was the greatest thing about it is this it is was great. the crazy COO. The yeah. guy gave a quote to this <laughs> deadline thing, which, and by the way, deadline variety, etc. And I know this pr- pretty intimately. They just do press releases all the day yeah. for people. They sent. Yeah. It was clearly like kind of a press release thing. And the COO was like, you know, my boss, and I, I don't know why I would say this. I have no interest in saying this. Um, I have no conflict of interest at all. He's the best interviewer on television. <laughs> and then it's set, they take that and they put it, best interviewer on television, deadline. deadline. And I'm like, motherfucker, you guys are either the most dishonest people in the planet. You don't know how this stuff works. It's like, no, it was said in deadline. So that's true, right? It's like, no, no, no. That little dash in deadline means it was said by them. And that's not really what happened. And um, I tagged him too, because I'm a fucking snitch. I was snitching him out. And I was like, <laughs> come at me. 
Come at me, Carlos. I don't want to be on your stupid show that you nobody know what they watches. Say, snitching is dope. Yeah, yeah snitching. This is, this is, this is kind of beautiful, snitching. though, That's right? Like, says. <laughs> like this, uh, like this Emma woman gets fired for saying "go back to your hood," but this Indian man gets he impersonates someone and he gets to keep his job. And the board says, like, this is a this is mm. a, a a mental health crisis. I think this is beautiful. I think this yeah. is equity. I think that <laughs> yeah. this is exactly what what needs to happen. Is he pretending to be Indian? He might have been. Is he actually Indian? <laughs> That's why it's OK. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's OK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 widely known that my uh, Indian accent is by far my best. And I just don't do it. Because <laughs> don't do it. it is. Don't do it. it is. And you know what? You can't like find me for saying Patreon. that. I have one. Yeah. That's all I can. I'm just saying that I have one. That's it. Everybody has one. Stop it. Yeah, but, no, they are, I, but his employer is actually I really treating so someone the, like the, the way that you should treat an employee. They're like yeah, giving yeah, him yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Granted, he did something incredibly fucked up, way more fucked up than what And it might have been a federal crime. It might have been a federal crime. Although although they're giving him the benefit of the doubt, knowing that he did the bad thing. Yes, exactly. Not to say. Exactly. I wonder what he has on that. For doing that shit. (laughs) They're well aware. They have it documented. Like, oh, we know. We they know. should have just gone with the uh, multiple personality disorder, or uh, it's rebranded as DSD. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. the, this is very in right now. TikTok kids they didn't, are they all didn't, about I, You know, they didn't give that benefit of the doubt to Roseanne, did they? Who's like, no. they no. like notoriously she, has difficult uh, mental issues. Yeah, and, she's been talking and, yeah. about her uh, multiples for 35 yes. years. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think because, I mean, I'm sitting next to Moynihan, who, you know, God knows he's had problems. He's got yeah, I, don't know why, I don't know why I'm talking in the past tense. Camille over Never there is work. like developing new problems yeah, by yeah. the second. What? I, what I happens speak. when you move to the West Coast? <laughs> I can't speak for Katie. Smoke. I just yeah. going to assume fucking Puget DMT Dude, employers. I live uh, on a fucking island. I haven't talked to anybody besides my wife and my racist neighbor for yeah. a year and a half. <laughs> and your racist dog. fucking dog. Yeah. Like, and my uh, racist dog. Right, hey, by he's the way, not, he's not too I didn't know Jesse lived next to you. But like, how many things in your life could you maybe try to retcon as being better yeah. than they actually were because you were going through mental health issues? Yeah, because you actually were them. going through mental he- health yeah, issues. Yeah. yeah, you were a dick. Yeah, there is, there is. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I was a dick. I did a couple of meltdowns right there. I, I'm saying I did a meltdown. Yeah. I did a couple of meltdowns right here on the fifth column. Yeah, yeah. 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 Against, a, I, I attacked a homophobe. Uh, Katie will be very happy to know uh, that I defended. Whatever. I like homophobes. Um, I was actually, I was actually defending gay men, not lesbians. Homophobes are you the real minority. That, <laughs> it's actually She's true. that kind of character. It's probably true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. defending them. Yeah, I, and then I had a, I racist had a and homophobes our, need protection. Yes. Oh, racist yeah, and homophobe yeah. lives matter. Yeah. He's also gay. So. It's diversity of thought, like, right there. I didn't know he was gay. Are you sure? <laughs> oh no! Did we just out gay. someone? Who did no. you just out? No, I, no. I just said I once yelled at our audio engineer. And Matt said he's also gay. And I said, I didn't, didn't know that. That's just oh, he's unaware. You can't talk. The, no. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, sal- I'm going to okay. salvage, I'm going to salvage this. Land the plane. In some, no, I mean, I'm literally going to crash a plane into a mountain right now, but okay. you know, we're all going to have fun doing it. I'm going to make an announcement, talk about God, and then we're going to hit a fucking mountain. Okay. 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 So but everybody. Gotta, like, keep it serious though. Strap in. I, serious, no, this is part of the podcast right now. on this podcast. All right. Well, I want people to know right now that uh, the okay, baton has been been passed uh, to me right now for a variety of reasons. Uh, but we just had about a forty five minute off mic 
uh, digression <laughs> that was just wild. It's and I fault. don't, by the way, I don't want to hear you. And I know, you know, I'm talking about you, you Patreon guy who sent the message. It was like, you know, I pay good money from this. And, you know, if, if you bleep something out, I'm just like losing cash. I pay too much for this. Sorry, <laughs> but that was 45 minutes of us ruining our fucking lives. And oh, you're never going to hear it. So yeah, it was no. bad. never going to hear it. But it was before, bad. it was yeah. actually racist. And, you yeah, know, if was, I say it, that mostly means it's true. Oh, my God. Look, she I is mean, really. I think everybody got I'm a good Karen. lick in there. I'm a Karen. Yeah. Come on. Well, Karen, I mean, I'm going to rename you. I think you're the Bull Connor of the Puget Sound. I think you're <laughs> yeah. just a that full on right. racist, actually. Yeah. Those last 45 minutes were rough. Look, I am the true minority. <laughs> yeah. 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 Replacement Everybody theory. else is a they them. Come yeah. on. I'm the last one. Um, replacement well, spe- theory. That's the name of this theory. podcast. That's the, yeah. that's the new one. That's the, the offshoot podcast. We, we should do. actually stop being the fifth column and turn into the <laughs> yeah, replacement oh, theory. That is theory. Such the replacement a good name. theory with yeah. Michael Moynihan. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Cut, cut his mic. And Richard Spencer. Yeah. Well, I mean, he needs a job. We were just talking about how we he feel does. bad when people can't be employed anymore. Yeah. And you know, he is, he is talented. Applies to Richard we have Spencer. to admit that. He's talented. Gotta, I wonder if he still has that floppy hair, uh, the Hitler haircut. Yeah. He'll never um, give that up. So there is a Richard Gather. Spencer element of what I want to talk about, what I want mm-hmm. you guys to, to, to fill me in on, is uh, two things that YouTube did recently. One is to block all of Alexei Navalny's content in Russia because, you know, it's against the law in Russia. It's like, oh, okay, that YouTube is now following uh, Russian law, which is made up on the spot. And in, in <laughs> the good old US of A, uh, they announced today that they're taking off all anti-vax content. Hmm. And off all anti-vax content, yes. YouTube off YouTube today. They said uh, that all luck. of anti-vax content, and that is they've banned uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, uh, which he should be banned for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and then this doctor, what's his name, Mercola or something, RC Cola, whatever the fuck that guy's name is, who's like the big um, uh, ivermectin type or whatever. Rogan. So they're banning Dr. all this Rogan. stuff, and everyone's of course cheering it. Because it's what journalists do now is they cheer when people get banned for things. Um, <laughs> if I have to do the throat clearing, I will. But you dummies Dumb. have listened to this long enough that you know that I have like 17 vaccines. I smoke vaccines. I hate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But I see a kind of a problem here. And maybe I'm the only one that sees this. But it always, you know, you see these people who get banned or get uh, demonetized on YouTube. And they're not really violating the terms of whatever YouTube has decided is their their terms of of, uh, good neighborliness on YouTube because it starts expanding, right? It's always like, well, you know, I don't know what Brett Weinstein or whatever uh, says about this stuff, but he gets like knocked off YouTube. And, you know, I don't suspect he's saying don't get the vaccine. Maybe he is. I don't know. But there's all of these people that get knocked off of YouTube and they lose their livelihood. Speaking of this losing, losing your livelihood thing. And they don't really know why. And they're like, yeah, I guess it could be this. I guess it could be that. And it's already like that. Now, if we broaden that even more and say everybody who's anti-vaccine, okay, fine. I don't like anti-vaccine people, but I just think that their stuff should be out there and you debate them because crazy people are going to believe this stuff anyway. Before YouTube, there was a huge anti-vax movement. And now in a time where everyone is getting vaccinated, there's going to be one. It's just naturally going to happen. So we're not preventing anything. But the problem that I have with this is imagine, is anyone going to come to your aid? Is anyone going to come and defend you? When you say something like, children do not need to be masked or they're not great vectors of transmission for blah, blah, blah. 
If you say something like that, which is in the mainstream of, of uh, medical science, people get knocked off of uh, different platforms for this stuff. YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Like, I don't like expanding these bands, no matter how dumb the people are who are supposed to here's, be caught up in this dragnet. Here's an example of that. We were sharing the, the three... Uh, Non Karens on this uh, on this podcast. We're penis havers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Penis Supposed havers. penis havers. Uh, Very presumptuous of you. Uh, uh, I a YouTube apologize link for that. that was going around that Glenn Greenwald was valorizing on Twitter of uh, NBA's uh, uh, Jonathan yeah. Isaac from the Orlando Magic, twenty three year old kid, talking about like just sort of explaining his own uh, thought process behind at the moment not getting a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great clip. Go watch it. Just like it's two minutes. He's a smart kid. Makes an interesting case, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and if it's it not were like... racist, it would, it would be accurate to say that he's very articulate. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, you can say he's very articulate for somebody in professional sports, which covers hockey, which covers everything. <laughs> that's true, that's so true. it's really not, it's not I a race mean, thing. Not, I'd, yeah. say, I'd say he's he's articulate for uh, even like the average American voter. He's the well, he's 23 year old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we, know, the, we know he's, the, a, the he's an ordained minister. Did you yes, know that? Really? Yes, he is. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's, an ordained, he's an ordained minister. He's also the person who during the, um, during the COVID playoffs didn't take like, the knee. Would not take the knee. Oh, yeah. he's heterodox. He's a, is he on the board at fair? Well, he's a, he's a Christian. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, like he doesn't bow for, he doesn't bow for anybody but Jesus. I think that Moynihan's comment on our, uh, text uh, string, which should never be subpoenaed by <laughs> law enforcement, um, is, don't was talk that about like, that, Matt, cause your, your account is going to I'm the weakling. I know. I know. <laughs> your um, iCloud is getting hacked. Do you like, guys have defamation insurance? Just curious. Stop is that it. A, is that a thing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me Google it. I'm going to get yeah. it right um, now. You need it. What was that it. like? This guy. <laughs> before we published this episode. This mm -hmm. guy was being more articulate in, sorry, uh, in uh, in two minutes than you'll see anybody on, on cable news, for example, talking yeah. about, like as experts talking about it. Yeah. He just was like laying out the various things. What was he described as in Rolling Stone magazine? Anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer. As an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, as an anti-vaxxer in this statement. And of course, it doesn't matter that he's explicitly said uh, you should get the vaccine if you're, and the vaccine's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that you know, you, so somebody else decides what you are. The people sense. who are going to be in those positions of deciding what is anti-vax, what is not anti-vax. And you're right, Moynihan, to point out like, okay, so masking, how does that uh, play out? Vaccine mandates in schools, which I wrote about just today. Or this like, video itself. Like with this video, uh, you know, two weeks down the line yeah. of this, this, this policy, would that get taken offline? It will. I mean, there's it, shit that, that the fucking WHO put out at the beginning of COVID that should be like strike from YouTube or whatever yeah. based on these arbitrary standards that they're imposing because the, like the data is continually changing about this. Well, that, okay. So that's my, that's my question about, about uh, vaccine mandates. Are they racist or anti-racist? As soon as that happened, as soon as they were enacted, I tweeted at Ibram and I, I've said like d definitively that these are racist, right? Ibram. And he ain't respond, which is weird. It made Weirdly. me sad. But if they save if they save black import. bodies, if they save yeah. black bodies, are they anti-racist? No, no. He said that, you know, 
I don't remember the explanation he gave, but it must be because they are NBA players. They can't actually get to the vaccine location. They can't get COVID either. Or because they're not, they don't have I to don't do know. anything. Yeah. Although but you know, Kyrie, the other thing. Kyrie Irving was born at Standing Rock or something. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Was, was, he, was he really born? He was born on a mountain in North sure. Korea. <laughs> Someone needs to ask him about ivermectin just to bring that back into don't, the yeah. Please don't. It, it disappeared. Yeah, ask him it about was, flat it was earth like, again. Yeah, ivermectin was like the fucking thing for two weeks and it's just gone now. It's like Afghanistan was the thing for three days and it's gone now. Well, ex- Afghanistan has been done for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And, and you know, don't they care about that. cared about it for like three days. Yeah. But you know, if people have those things on Twitter, like no tweets will show up with that word. And then like you can, d- you know, delete that word from you. And that's like ivermectin. I have a human version of that. That if I, I just delete the word ivermectin from my brain and I just don't pay attention to it because every time it comes up on both sides of the issue, everyone's a fucking idiot. And I'm just like, why are you talking about this? Like, honestly, like no doctor is really going to say like, you need to get your ivermectin right now. It's like, just get the vaccine. Like, we know that that works. We actually have data. This real data. It's not fake data. We have the data. It works. Just why are we talking about this? It's dumb. And anyone who is talking about it is wasting your time, right? But the, on, the, on the YouTube thing, where is the end of this? Because I was watching a video the other day of a professor from Montclair State University. Such a thing actually exists. Uh, if there's any uh, uh, listeners. Up there in New Jersey. I got that Montclair State. And there was a uh, professor named Grover Fur, who's a Stalinist, uh, if you haven't heard of this guy. <laughs> Come on. And he has a lecture on how none of the crimes of Stalin are real, that they're all fake, right? Hmm. Is he going to get taken offline? Because I learned a lot from it that this guy was mentally ill. I mean, yeah. I didn't learn any like historical facts, but I was an amazing thing to watch. But under this kind of you know this mania for correcting fake information, like is it going to go f- down to the historical level too? Because you know there's ho- there's Holocaust denial, which the Europeans, of course, you know trailblazed uh, stupid yeah. laws that uh, that outlawed um, stupid beliefs. And why not do the same thing? The polls have done it, right, of uh, minimizing communist crimes. And why not import all of those bans here? Because it's banning fake bad information. And, like, if you don't think that that's going to happen, the slippery slope is very, very real here. And and there's no side of the political spectrum in the mainstream parties right now that has a kind of bedrock faith against that stuff. No. I mean, Marco right. Rubio is, like, saying, right. hey, Chris Rufo, do you have a really stupid idea? Okay, oh great. God. That's going to be my new my new bill. <laughs> who's who's awesome. that? Who's that guy? What is is he like a Chris like Rufo a, on the on the Brooklyn Nets or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Who's that guy? laughs> he was actually for the Knicks. He had a really great couple of weeks, and yeah. then he just kind of fell off. Yeah, he was doing really good there. For he a was while. in the instructional league. I mean, he was like really dominant. Some guys got hurt, amazing. and like he scored eleven yeah. points a yeah. couple of days, games yeah. in a row. Dominating. All but right, Jeremy Lin. Nice, nice job. Uh, Sent him to China. <laughs> he was the Jeremy Lin of, uh, <laughs> of punditry. Um, really great hot streak for a bit. But uh, yeah, like I wanted. To, I'm defending the Stalinist guy. I'm defending those. Like these people should have. I'm fine with it, and I'm fine that David Irving videos are up there and that all of these crazy people, I think his stuff gets taken down, but you know, there's always another thing, right? If David Irving's videos get down, some taken down, some Ukrainian person who says like, I'm offended by, you know, this professor Grover Fur saying that the Ukrainian uh, uh, famine genocide uh, never happened. Well, yeah, they have a point. Why can't you? T- and then that just, they start taking everything down. And it reminds me of the thing that I talked about the other day, the joke, that I tweeted at uh, the AP or AFP or Reuters uh, after the Muhammad thing, when they took 
the image of Charlie Hebdo's cover off of the wire because it was offensive to people and they don't offend religions. So, of course, I went and did a quick search on their uh, photo wire and found Piss Christ and said, hey, guys, you going to take this off too? And then they took it off. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. No, no. Back, 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 back. Put the other one up. So, I mean, this is the thing is like once once that happens, it's like the, the Stalinist guy will get taken off because no one's paying attention to him, so they're not calling attention to it. But if I did and made a stink about it and, you know, got a few other people to do it, it would, it would probably disappear. I mean, the uh, it's 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 a banality of the of uh, recognizing that Mick Jagger was right in 1968. Right. After all, it was you and me um, who killed the Kennedys. It's after all, it's you and me who are are pressuring these uh platforms to deplatform people stop that thing yeah right there was a couple of years ago where where people like successfully lobbied to uh block the twitter account of the what was called the 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 tweet of god it was god's mm-hmm. uh, oh twitter. yeah yeah the funny guy he's like i used to be a comedy central writer or something who just would like write write as god and usually would sort of thunder down some old testament shit about modern politics and it was kind of funny and he did something super mildly transgressive but clearly his heart was in the right place um if you know god is a him and uh and uh and he was banned and it's like and it was all the journalists who were out there saying yeah that's right do that like stop that shit man was, wasn't stop. there a, wasn't there a journalism professor and former friend of yours jeff jarvis who took down a jeff jarvis uh uh account that was like like taking the piss out of him or Prof whatever. Jeff Jarvis is yeah. still with us, as far as I can tell. Prof. But there, but he made some like concerted effort to get that taken off the internet, right? I mean, and I I don't know uh, the specifics on that case, but I do know that Jeff Jarvis, who Sucks. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, has I you know I've, I've I've been friendly with him over the years, he is constantly browbeating social media companies to take down quote unquote misinformation or disinformation or bad people or whatever, just narking on people. Like, fucking knock it Well, off. I sent you guys this piece. I don't know, Katie, if you read this, but this is a bipartisan stupidity, is that now Ron DeSantis, uh, who you can always count on for jumping into the latest culture war nonsense because he's going to run for president, um, is uh, saying that the state of Florida is going to investigate uh, yeah. Facebook for their whitelist, which is like, what is the crime here? What is so so? uh, The Wall Street Journal did this uh, story. They got a bunch of documents. A pretty interesting story about whitelisting famous people uh, that were not uh, the standards that applied to others were not applied to them. It took a longer time for people to take things offline that were considered offensive if you were, say, Donald Trump or if you were somebody else. And this is an interesting story. And there was some internal dissent about this. As you can imagine, somebody says, oh, we're not living up to our own standards. But, you know, you do these things for business reasons, right? You do these things of like, we can't just be, you know, taking off all these, you know, accounts that have like 20 million followers, just like willy nilly, because the answer is you shouldn't be taking anybody offline in in general, but, but they have the wrong instinct in this. But Ron DeSantis, and I haven't read the exact details of this, but I don't know if there are details, because there's no legal thing here, but it's just this campaign on the right right now against Facebook, which is now the campaign from the right, which was Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016, 2017, because that's why she lost the election, not because she sucked as a candidate, but because Facebook was, was uh, you know, throwing around Russian misinformation. It's like, 
there is a unity amongst the political parties, and now even more commonly amongst people on Twitter and who are like ideologues of, of, of the right and the left, that they both agree that these things should be shut down. And we had a, we did a, a, an episode about this last week uh, where we argued um, with Antonio about this, and he was on the other mm-hmm. side of this, that this stuff should 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 not be taken He's offline. He's Cuban. So, yeah. No, they love taking Good things point. offline. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the most amazing example of somebody who is a total fucking hypocrite on this is Sasha Baron Cohen. Who has oh, advocated yeah, yes. for yes. Facebook mm. for these platforms to really crack down? The Holocaust denial, quote, quote, yeah. right? Like, it, like he wants. First of all, he wants like like Facebook working with like the ADL because they are certainly the arbiters of like what is appropriate to say on the internet. But also, just he his whole fucking job is spreading misinformation mm. for comedy. For but comedy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. can't. Well, but, some, sometimes yes. it's politically motivated comedy. It's I can't imagine it's like all. the Rudy Giuliani it's trap. That shit <laughs> yeah. is all politically it's totally motivated. Yeah. But and before, it's not before, like. Yeah. Before that, he was actually a bit more equal opportunity. Before yeah. Trump, like he would, yes. he would yeah. go after people on the left and Brain the right poisoning. because, yeah. you know, we, we cared about having fun and actually right. being but fun. But the thing about it, you make a good point, Kitty, because particularly on Sasha Baron Cohen, is if you know his body of work. And I remember when I was in, lived in Europe in the 2000s and uh, I was introduced to his, his uh, Ali G show before the HBO one, the one that was on British television, which is absolutely brilliant. Very, very funny. And he, that's when he developed the Bruno character. And the Bruno, the original Bruno character oh, yeah. is making Holocaust jokes. Uh, to people and trying to get them to repeat them and stuff or doing throw the Jew down the well, which he did on the HBO show in like a bar in Arizona is like, is that hate speech? Cause it's comedy. But the problem that Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't understand is that comedians get shit for this stuff all the time. There's no Mm -hmm. special dispensation for comedians. So if you're going around saying, well, oh, it's just the Holocaust deniers. It's we're just hanging out. It's like, well, I could use the same standard that you're using and probably get stuff that you've done taken offline. On the very, very same yeah. thing, it's it's fomenting hatred against Jews, et cetera, and it's making light of of, and that's what these the Holocaust laws, all the anti Holocaust denial laws, always use that language of like you know talking about the sort of cataclysm that that faced the uh, European Jewry in you know to 1945, and you oh, know what. Man. They're right, but it doesn't have, it shouldn't be in a law. You shouldn't be sort of evoking emotion of historical events in a law to try to get people to talk about it in the right way. Not only does it's it not crime. work. It's fucking it's not crime. Look, in Germany, there's a lot of Holocaust denial. Yeah. You can't, they yeah. banned uh, Mein Kampf for so many years. Mein Kampf was not, like the, the, the copyright holder was the, I think the state of Bavaria and they wouldn't allow it to be published. And you could, and then the internet happened and it was all over the place in PDF format because people wanted to read it. They told them they couldn't read it and everybody wanted to read it. Probably created more Nazis than, than it prevented, yeah. you know? Because Germans, the when they read Nova. that book, have a very particular reaction. So. Oh, man. So, you know, anyway, stupid stuff. Um, Camille fell asleep. No, I did not I did not fall asleep. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking... <laughs> he was thinking about how the Holocaust never happened? That is not true. <laughs> numbers yeah, I, are a little I've high. Only quibbled, yeah, I've only quibbled about the numbers. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and also, listen, yeah. to spending on the Iron Dome. Because, listen, I... It's Kamala Harris. I'm voting against it. I'm voting Do, against it. Could you now, start crying right now if I asked you to? <laughs> uh, the, the real question, though, is, I mean, look, the Israelis have a lot of money. Why don't they just pay for their dome themselves, Matt Welch? I'm going to ask Jesse that question. Wow. As a direct As, representative of, uh, of the, the Jewish people. 
yeah. tribe. Isn't he from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You can ask him how the Celtics are going to do. Or generational wealth. Yeah, is going to win the wild card? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, look, that thing is that I think that the AOC thing, everyone is kind of trying to interpret her crying and the rest of it. The thing about that that nobody. I, I love that. I love that she got asked about it and he's, yes, I was crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she's were like, did you, you not get you a crying? great shot? Because we weren't sure the shot I thought was not. I thought your camera was on. over there. I was trying to get, sorry. Yeah. But no, everyone's making these things, that, that, talking about why she did this, et cetera. It's like no one has said the most obvious thing. She changed her vote to present so she could create this idea that the Israel lobby was pressuring her in such an intense way that, you know, to run against Chuck Schumer, which he clearly wants to do, is like, I have to kowtow to these people who have probably have dual loyalties. I'm talking in her, her voice now. Would she win? <laughs> she never says wow. that. I, no. I don't think so, no. 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 No, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I would, I would doubt it. I mean, yeah. who knows? But, uh, but that thing was, you know, you got to say, oh, I have to give credit to Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar for actually voting no on this, and you yeah. didn't. It's like you're playing politics and you're playing in a dumb game. And by the way, the statement that you wrote—did I send that to you guys? I, I tried. Dude, to it read is it. so awesome. Go read the statement that she wrote uh, that is on her official House uh, Twitter account and on the website. And it is, it's long and it sounds like it was written by an Albanian immigrant. It has <laughs> no sentences that I, there's like run on sentences that make no sense. It's she just She probably amazing. dictated it into her iPhone. <laughs> yeah, while well, she was cooking a pie. <laughs> she didn't write it. Instagram TikTok. live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's very pretty uh, though. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. fine. She's very yeah. pretty. I mean, all right, fine. You know, I don't judge She's people pretty. that way. I just content of their character. I know. Body not top. Their, totally not their off, hotness. Off limits, but yeah. Pretty. Everyone I ever dated is really busted. They all know it, too. Because <laughs> I, I tell I them have, all the time. I have not heard that about your uh, about your. Your problem is conquest. You have not heard that about That's true. They're all like just. It's just that she's yeah. too short. I mean, well, you need. I like the mostly, I like the rapper too short. You mostly yeah. date children, right? I basically kill children. What did you say? Uh, you mostly no. Date I'm not children, Israeli. Right? <laughs> Whoa, uh, that date was them, joke. not kill them. Date them. <laughs> oh my god, people, that was a joke. What is Come going on? on I got to go back to my old emails when they accused me of being a Zionist, and now it's yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> leave it. That one is actually fine. I mean, yeah. we're really not going to get canceled for that. Uh, well, let's. I have the something to end machines, on. That's a good transition. Uh -huh. So, uh, speaking of, uh, of the weather machine, Israel. <laughs> uh, I sent you guys. I don't know if you watched it because you're so busy. Um, mm. The Kamala Harris thing from George Mason. Did you see uh -huh. that, dude? It's amazing. There's a girl at George Mason, and you know Kamala Harris is like talking about how she solved the border crisis and how she's, you know, Mamala or Mama Marmaduke or whatever the fuck she's. Like. <laughs> and uh, this girl is like, oh, I got a question for you. <laughs> this is like a no, I got a question for you. There you go. All right, there, Israel. I got any money? Uh, yeah. So she's <laughs> this girl asks this question about the uh, the ethnic genocide that is happening in. Uh, in Israel and why we are paying for this ethnic genocide. And so now I don't think that she has to respond and do the denunciation of it. I mean, I probably would, but this is her, um, um, 
this is her response. I think is I think it's so funny, and it's like literally everything that's wrong with the universe right now. And uh, she says, I'm glad that you did uh, to asking this question. Yeah, sure. And again, this is about the fact that your voice, mm-hmm. your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed and yeah. it must be heard, right? And one of the things we're fighting uh, for in a democracy, right? Unity should never be at the expense of failing any uh, of telling anyone personally that for the uh, telling anyone personally that for the sake of unity. Let me just stop right there because it keeps going. Literally, she never said, I, I'm not allowed to say this. She just said, the Israelis are committing genocide. What do you say, Mrs. Vice President? She's like, I really, you should really just have your truth. And I'm like, by the way, genocide is not a personal truth. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the, I don't, you don't vote for the Armenian genocide revolution. It's a lived experience. Because it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh my well, it's a God. dying experience, mostly. <laughs> it's not living. Um, but I just thought that was the most amazing thing. In the most 2021 thing where the vice president says, you know, just just talk your truth about how there's a genocide happening. And it's like, what is anyone talking about here? We literally have a political culture where there's a dingbat student saying utterly idiotic things to the vice president who talks like a yoga instructor. Like, what the fuck is going on? There's, there is a, I said this is someone who's been a veteran of about 18 of months, wars. 18 months of uh, going to local school board meetings. And, and there's- And like, trying to ban CRT unsuccessfully. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> mad Are you organizing you at the, on the playground? Uh, yeah. Absolutely We are taking not, away your cross sword yes. emojis, Matt Welch. Yeah. You cannot yeah, have exactly. those anymore. We Do will replace battle. them with laser eyes. but uh no like i I went to all these different meetings and there there is like that language is used as uh as grease as viscosity like like in between gears so like people would say crazy shit asking or people would say crazy shit from the podium at a school board meeting or like a a smaller uh, version of it and people would find a way like so uh, hi, I like as a question. Uh, how is this not replacement theory, you know, or whatever? Yeah. And they would say, "Well, I really, you know, it's important to be present <laughs> yeah. here um, and to be with our our, our voices, especially with the, the first peoples here." And um, and and I really ask that everyone <laughs> what are you doing be, these meetings at Foxwoods. Be pre- <laughs> no, dude, this is like a. School CEC meeting everywhere in Brooklyn. This Wait, is the you, language that they speak all do, the time. Are, are are people doing land acknowledgments there? They do land. Yeah, Yo, before I've meeting. heard those. It's so weird. Wait, is no, that it's a thing? such a West Coast thing? It's oh, such dude, a fucking West Coast thing. Yeah. You don't know yeah. about this? No. Dude. Go to a fucking meeting, dude. It's been happening for fucking years, and like this is taking over social media. <laughs> Wait, what? So that like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, we have I need to, you to back we actually up. have to. You think, need to tell me what it? this is. Is yeah, that a thing? I'm gonna guess. Katie, give us some. You have to set the scene. You have to set the scene. Okay, you you're at a you're at a city council meeting in Seattle, mm-hmm. or any yeah. sort of activist meeting, or a like fucking like speed dating event, or whatever. Oh, yeah. And somebody gets up to introduce the event, <laughs> and they say, "We house. have to acknowledge that we are on unceded Salish territory, or whatever." This shit is what? real. I this think the hilarious thing. thing is that people just like. Like there's like some website that you can go to that tells you like whose <laughs> yeah, land yeah. you're on. It's oh, so crazy. It's, amazing. And, it's, and it's probably yeah. not accurate. And it's probably not <laughs> up to date. It's never accurate. It's never you're accurate. Like, 
They'd be yeah. like, Josh, Josh Hartnett yeah. came and he killed all everyone oh, who was right. there. You're going to watch that on HBO when Josh, Josh Hartnett, Hartnett kills all. murdered yeah. the entire yeah. tribe. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. All these yes. hot guys yes. killing, <laughs> killing the natives. It's so weird. So, so this is a, a big thing. I, I think I think this actually started in Australia, where they where they like do land acknowledgements. Oh, there. that's it, a little actually, more legitimate. Josh, there. Actually, a little, so little Josh, more legitimate there. So I heard about this from uh, from Josh Zepps, yeah. friend of friend Josh of your Zepps? pod, friend yeah. of my pod. Yeah, he was Wait, until Australia turned into yeah. a totalitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. state. So, no, so he. So I talked to him about this. And <laughs> I'll he was claim like, this no, land. Like, it used to be uh, owned by Josh Zepps. <laughs> yeah. Now it's my land. Yeah. I don't know. Josh's. <laughs> Who fucking knows? Right? There's nobody here before us. Maybe nobody. Could be a little Kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't people, uh, mate. Uh, Those are dingoes. Okay, so, the, so, <laughs> so this is a. So this is a. Try to do it. Did you hear it? Okay, so. People don't just do this before every fucking like public and private meeting. Like you go to a potluck and somebody's gonna do a fucking landing. They do it at like Dunkin' Donuts in line. Yes. Well, no, because Dunkin' yeah. Donuts is, uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's working class. That's East Coast. Oh, yeah. that's working no, class. No, oh, this is only for rich class. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what rich people do. Yeah. yeah. This is for From people their huge with, houses. Uh, with signs in their yards that say "In this house, we believe science." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We love yeah. those people so and much. And they're very concerned about gentrification, but they just bought a house from a. Yeah, a, a, exactly. Like paid underprice for a black man. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. start knocking on their doors. Seattle is the most fucking annoying city. Like, cause, like in yeah. Europe, could you do that in other places? Or does it just have to be um, no, about Native everywhere. Americans? Because no, in Europe, it'd be is, like, this is Visigoth land or yeah, something. I mean, yeah, how, no, do you, no. how do you Can, do that? Katie, in this it, house, we believe that we righteously what? took this from fucking <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we won. They lost. They're, I mean, <laughs> I mean they him. had like 20,000 years of human history. It is like, like, it is, like I think land acknowledgements are very stupid. Uh oh. There the is something about the fact that, like, and now I like I've been smoking weed for this entire conversation. So this is where I get this is where <laughs> the, 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 Democrat, the West Coast. The Democrat in me comes out. Do you do this on your okay. podcast? You just but fucking throwing our yeah. listeners right now. Yeah, you can hear the bong in my podcast. Um, but there is something about the fact that, like, you know, there there were like uh, you know, indigenous groups who came over from Asia, despite the fact mm. that a lot of them wanted to pretend like they were always here. They came over from Asia, but they were here for twenty fucking thousand years. When there's a mass of people at the border, they're like, why aren't you just letting everybody in? It's like, wait, I thought everybody got to hang out here. I thought yeah. you wanted everyone just to come in and hang out. We did that. No, okay, it was a bit rough at first because it was like, you know, the 1600s, 1500s. Yeah. People were meaner then. It was just a meaner time, just in general. So I don't know how far you want to go back on this stuff, right? right. I mean, right. They, they, across the world, there's not a parcel of land that wasn't taken from somebody at some time. No, it just gets exhausting to have a fucking potluck if yeah. you have to go through <laughs> who used to own your car. It, it's, it's like, here's the seven previous owners. Is there like a Carfax for your it's, it's for your exactly town? It. It's unfortunately yeah. they're celebrating well, a tribe that like murdered all of this other right. tribe it's, who it's, murdered you're, this you're, other tribe. You're celebrating the last person on the podium yes. who has oh killed every other group. And I, I'm sure it's, I am. It's fucking like Inca sure supremacy. I, it's the same yeah. thing. That's yeah. what yeah. it is. Like, yes. oh, the Inca were amazing. They were. They but, were but it's, it's also this, this, <laughs> dicks, this like, revisionist history about like what like native. People are. It's this, you know, like this, like it's sort of like passive, like peaceful, whatever. Well, you're you're real. from a place where uh, there was a bumper sticker for all through like the '90s. I think it's kind of gone now. The Chief Seattle one. Do you remember this one? Oh yeah. Yeah. You oh, know yeah. that quote's fake, yeah. right? 
It's from somebody who wrote a it's, biography of Chief Seattle. And like, of course, it's it's like uh, that guy from Ozzy. It's like they just make up these quotes <laughs> and attribute them to random people. But yeah, it's like, oh, they're it's so the same well, peaceful. Well, I mean, the thing that has come up, and I, I will apologize in advance for bringing this up on your, on your podcast, but the thing that has recently come up in this sort of milieu that I have noticed is this term two-spirit. Two-spirit? Yeah. What does that you know mean? know about this, right? No. Oh, okay. Katie, man. Okay. God, we're right. in trouble now. I know. What is two-spirit? Like, I don't know what that means. Okay. Moynihan. Oh, I don't know what it means. I'm being honest. Know. I don't know what it means. That's why you're going to get canceled. Camille, 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 no. Camille I want to hear your explanation for it. I don't have any explanation for this. Matt, I don't know what's going Matt. on. Explicate. Tell us about the two-spirit. Okay. <laughs> so two-spirit is this idea that Native American groups, pre-colonization, pre-white man, had a third gender. What? And that gender would be sort of equivalent to transgender now, or <laughs> maybe sorry. non-binary. No, 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 is that no, real? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a tradition. Oh, fuck yeah, this is real. Yeah, it's fuck a yeah. Thing. Oh. AOC talked about this the other day. AOC tweeted the third two spirit non-binary. Not a third vagina, that's a different thing. Yeah. That's a that's, <laughs> that's just called, a category. That's called of awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's just the growth. It's just the growth. You can get it removed. Yeah. Um, it's called no, this Friday is a, nights at my house. So two spirit <laughs> is this is this sort of re- revisionist history where Native American groups had this third gender. Yeah. Where and and this is you know there are thousands of of tribes in this fucking country, but we sort of you know the the ad- adaption and this like emerged from like queer studies in like fucking nineteen ninety. Is whatever. it real? Is there some? No, I mean no. So this is, <laughs> I don't no. know. If this so, is a real so, thing. So this term this term was coined by a white man. Oh. There's a piece uh, in Rewire Colonialism from two thousand. Wow. It. Yes. So this is something that is commonly accepted among queer communities, among liberal communities, among people who fucking believe AOC, that the term two-spirit refers to this, like, long-standing third gender among Native American what? groups. Yeah. I didn't know. It, I didn't amazing. know two-spirit was the Kwanzaa of gender yeah. identity. Yes. You guys are That's not That's amazing. It's, like, no, it's, not, it's, it's, con- I you it's kind of like Kwanzaa, but it's also, like, um, in the early uh, battles in, in gay rights, there was always, like, people that were like, you know they're gay penguins. And I'm like, what? What is that doing anything? <laughs> yes. It's like, of course, penguins yes. fuck anything. I don't, yes. great. That's I'm like the, from yeah. Pittsburgh? Like, what are you Everyone talking about? Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Fine. Two-spirit. And, like, this is the version of it. It's like, you know, there was, this is our example for transgender. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay, I didn't know about that. I yeah. Look so into that's that. two spirit. They are the. They, yeah. Oh yeah. This is a. Is I'm, it, I'm is like it very. Like, is it like the West? Is it Northwest? Because yeah. like different tribes, different places knows. It was pan. No. Native have different. Right. Just no. So this is so this thing has become a sort of a, a uh, just a a talking point, like to like. Um, sort of group in all of these thousands of different tribes into this one particular narrative about gender flexibility to make it seem like Native Americans <laughs> were more sort of progressive on this issue than That's they actually so were. Crazy. So there's a I, so I read an so article. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, so the, so I, I can't remember the, the the author of this piece, but I read an article this week uh, that was published in Rewire News, which is not generally an outlet that I would recommend, but this was in 2016. And this uh, Native woman wrote a piece about this because this was just sort of becoming a talking point. Now it's reached into like the upper reaches of fucking Congress. But this was like coming like it emerging. It started in queer circles. It emerges from there. It's like very sort of postmodern academic. And then it becomes like AOC's talking about it. So this woman in this piece was talking about like how 
there's so much homophobia. <laughs> of course there are. Within, Just like the West have, Indies. It's the same. tribal communities. <laughs> of course there is. Of course there's. And there's this, this revisionist history where uh, Native Americans have this third gender that they prop up and this person is sacred. <laughs> and, you know, and like this shows that trans people have. Wow. I just want to point out something. And I want to give myself some true. credit. I have it's not fucking true. skipped the opportunity for about seven jokes here. So <laughs> <No>. It's <laughs> really hard. I'm but, sorry to bring this up. I am sorry to bring this up. But, okay. Oh, oh, Katie, really okay. two of them? Okay. Jeez, this podcast Honestly, is this is going to be like the first cut of Goodfellas. Yeah. It's going to be like eight hours. I'm going to cut it down to okay. two. It's going to be. LA Times this week publishes a piece about uh-huh. Paulie Murray. Did you see this? You said Paulie. Charles so Murray? Polly Mur- no, dead, Polly dead Murray. naming situation. Polly yeah. Murray was a uh, a black woman activist in Durham, North Carolina. I used to live there and I would like drive past the mural of her every day. Mm-hmm. A feminist, born in, 19, in 1910, died in 1985. Lesbian. Okay. LA Times publishes piece. What you need to know about Polly Murray and why you have... I'm getting this wrong, but they use the term they... So they have like re envisioned Polly Murray, this like lesbian activist, as a they them. Hmm. Oh. Because wow. she like dressed as a man because she was born in fucking 1910 and wasn't able to like live her life as a woman. Hmm. And they have, they have transed her in her death. They have decided that this person is a trans woman. Who gets to decide that? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, if, it's a very strange thing that somebody in a newspaper is probably themselves not trans deciding that that's, I mean, I assume that they're just trying to be extra, extra safe. And well, you know, the person the, who the, wrote this is a they, them. The trans person, right? Is that yes. right or not? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the thing that about all of this stuff that I find most interesting is that you realize just how ideological and cluelessly ideological people are, particularly AOC. And I had never heard of this two spirits thing. And you know that AOC has not had the time to go to the historical record and say, is this a true thing? But she's reciting it, right? And you just know what you're supposed to do. It's like, it's just given to you in like a packet. And then you just recite it as if it's, this is a real thing. Like you saw her on Margaret Hoover's show talking about Israel. And she was like, you know, the occupied this, that. And then Margaret Hoover's like, what do you mean by that? And she's like, um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. And it's like, <laughs> I know that this is part of of the ideology. I have to have these boots. I just don't know what they are. So I'm just going to say them like a normal person, like an actual human being who doesn't like live for politics and live for ideology would say, I, you know, I don't really know a ton about Israel. I just so I don't. don't. I, so mean, I don't have an opinion on this. I don't Instead, have an opinion on it. Like a very strong opinion. Like this and this is, is this whole and the same thing with this, like, you know, two spirits or whatever. It's like, I know that she has not gone deep into this issue, but someone said, this is the thing. And she's like, all right, yeah. I'll just talk about it. You know? And it's yeah. like, that's so pathetic to me. Well, like Elizabeth Warren, like putting her pronouns in her bio or oh, Kamala Harris. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, during yeah. the, during the primary Kamala Harris, like came out on stage at some debate and introduced herself by her pronouns. Like some, yeah, I've never seen her do that staffer. again. It was just that one time. She shouldn't. It's, I guess because everybody unpopular. knows now. Every, like this, yeah, shockingly, we all figured out her pronouns. <laughs> but this, like, people don't like this shit and they get these advisors. It's like they staff their campaigns with Lena Dunham's yeah. who are like, put your pronouns in your bio. This shit matters. It doesn't matter. And it turns people the fuck off. It turns normal people off. The best way of dealing with it, I think, 
And I think it's the way that is pretty interesting is like we have a uh, a trans listener, I suppose. They uh, goes by they, them. We have and lots I, and of I them, said, Michael Boyd. And I said uh, something, well, listeners. I'm talking about one about in particular, yeah. who, uh, who wrote me after I said, I don't really get this stuff. And I was being honest about it. Mm-hmm. And they wrote this long thing back. Yeah. And the amazing thing that was different about it, and the reason I was like, oh, okay, was that there was no sense of punishment in it, it of like, oh, you're not going to really do it right. I am actually now. wielding this as yeah. a kind of weapon and I'm going to enjoy lording it over you. And this was a person who would be like, yeah, like if you get it wrong, you'll get used to that, like getting used to somebody's last name and how to pronounce it. It's just like, you just remember it. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And and not being, that's the thing for me. It's always like, you know, they're they're just kind of waiting for me to fuck up. And that's in every aspect of life these days. But it's like, I, and I'm one that's going to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. the landmine okay. way of having a social life, yeah. which, um, but yeah. we should probably go because I'm not going to have a social life Speaking much longer. Speaking of landmines. Okay. Well, yeah, I think we, I think we have done a good job and <laughs> this is, this has been interesting. It's been a little unusual. We started off then, you know, kind of professional, like serious journalists who do serious Did work yeah. and yeah. I don't know. I mean, I at a minute when we looked into some things and you know what, this is the thing. This is the thing. Whatever my defects, I'm better than you people. The people who reported the people who reported on the Williamsburg thing and decided what to omit the most defects? critical details, like the people who decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to retweet this asshole, like calling for this young lady's head. He's um, going off on and, it again. And, and like and deciding that we're going to get her fired from wasn't her job long and enough try to, to destroy her. Like you people are monsters. And Katie, right. I want to thank you for joining us. This was thank you. Katie. This was a lot of fun. Always fun. Too thank you, fellas. You're the only fun guest we have these days. <laughs> but I Ben Dreyfus, my goal ben Dreyfus be, gone missing. My, my goal was to be less drunk than Ben Dreyfus. I think, it's I think your goal was to be the last guest this podcast ever has. We'll <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That works out. We're probably finished. Thanks for having All me, guys. Right. It's good to talk to All you. Right. Always. Bye. 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 We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horn.